And bam, we're live just like that. Can you hear me, Jimmy? I can't hear you. Can you see me? Hey, buddy. Yo. I got you. You man. How you doing? Dude, so good. Are we live? We are live. Oh, my gosh. You didn't tell me it was going to be live. Oh, always live. Always live, Jimmy. <laughs> um, I... Uh, I have a very long relationship with Jimmy. Uh, when I started at CrossFit, Jimmy started at CrossFit and, um, and we grew up in the space together and um, it was fun because, it, and I'd be curious to get Jimmy's take on this, but it was kind of, it kind of had that feeling that I imagine it was like being at Apple in the beginning when Steve Jobs was like bringing the Apple computer to the world. Yeah, that's and, right. Um, I, re I remember when I started, I, I thought I was the king shit and um, Jimmy worked there too and we were kind of in different lanes and everyone was remote so we were kind of in different places and um, I was talking I can't remember to Greg or to Lauren one day I'm like hey man this guy Jimmy's like bossing me around and Greg's like that's my general anything he says is like my voice I'm like son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimmy helped me get distribution for every second counts uh, he had my back for fucking 15 years that I was there uh, similar to Dave, where I had a fucking uh, a tough entry learning that these mill guys work uh, hard. They have chain of command. Uh, they believe in getting shit done. They don't um, do the Berkeley boy fluff talk like I did. It took me a while to, for us to um, – I, I, I had to fight with them a, a bunch in the beginning like I did with Dave. And the next thing I knew, we were fucking brothers. And I fucking – I appreciate everything you ever taught me there, dude. It was people like you and Dave that taught me what real leadership is. And it took me a long time to grasp it. And unfortunately, I only got by the time I got it, I only got like a two-year reign. <laughs> by the time I understood, by the time I was able to understand what leadership was, and fucking my team was decimated. Um, dude, I, I, I want to say this. I, I was thinking how lucky um, uh, GoRuck is to have you, dude. Like Thank they you. are so stoked um I, I know it's a i know it's a super cool company i know it's crazy focused i know it's crazy focused on product and movement and and getting people moving and, and obviously delivering the fucking highest crazy quality um yes um uh, product i know you guys are, are, are the you know the the mount i don't want to say the bentley i want to say the mount everest of gear like your shit can fucking take it uh but that all that being said, dude, they're so lucky to have you, dude. You have so right. much experience. It's 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 insane. When I when I heard you landed there and then you guys partnered with CrossFit, I was like, holy shit. Because I know I know you and Dave are super close, and I know Dave's a crazy rucker. And I was just like, This is this is crazy. Do are you do you trip sometimes? You're like, holy shit, this is yeah. Well, first I'm, off, in a way, I'm not at home, but you're back at home with your boy. I got the same admiration for you too, buddy. I remember like really the first time, I think it was, it was either 2008 or 2009 games when, you know, you and I like really started to get close together. You know, in fact, I, if you remember, we were selling <laughs> at the 2009 games, we were like, Hey, we need to have a beer garden. And huh. we, reached out to the local distributor and they had some beer that was about to expire and they donated it to us in operation Phoenix. 
Oh yeah, shit! I forget that, that story. <laughs> barely, yeah. barely tell me that and story. I love that. So we were like, we're hey, startup. We need expired beer. That's the best we can do. <laughs> it was almost expired. Almost expired. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they donated it to Operation Phoenix, and we sold them for three bucks and took the money and gave it to Operation Phoenix. But we got all this, like, got the big tent and the beer garden, all this stuff, and they gave us these bottles, and we didn't have a bottle opener, not one. And you had your, uh, you know, your, your, your Winnebago RV thing there. And you're like in the middle of shooting. I'm like, bro, you gotta, do you have a, a do you have a bottle opener? And you're like, you just like go check in my RV or whatever. So we ran in there and I like ravaged the drawers and all that stuff. We ended up getting it. But, uh, anyway, I, I, dude, I appreciate you. Did, did yeah. I ever get my bottle opener back, Jimmy? Or do you still Probably not? Do you own your bottle not. opener? I mean, I, I'm going through the drawers and finding all kinds of paraphernalia. You know, so I just, <laughs> this guy. I'm like, okay, got it. You saw um, some hippie candles, uh, some weed, <laughs> some condoms, big, long, big, long mushrooms. <laughs> Jimmy, how, how old are yeah. you? I'm 43. In, in uh, how many kids do you have? Five, five Good kids. Job. Good job too, dude. Yeah. That was something that I was always blown away. I'm like, this guy does all of this hard work. He does all of this travel. And um, I think when I, when I met you, did you have any kids? Yeah, I think by the time you and I met, we had three or three, at least okay. two and a half, at least two and a half. I mean, you know, you, you know this and any, any man out there that's got a, a strong marriage knows that like the backbone of the family is the wife, you know, Madeline's Madeline's just a, pistol yep. she's a foundation yep, yep. of a lot of all this and especially in military family. they man the command center right if you that's got right. a strong woman she mans the command center she's in charge of the base yeah that's right you know and in the military world right like she is she is that coc while you go out and do the things that you need to do she keeps the family glued together she you know raises the kiddos you know while you're not there but then integrates you back into the systems when you get back right and we had an easy transition because we had been deploying, you know, like the family, I had been deployed a lot. Um, and you know, she had been used to it. Right. And CrossFit was, yeah, it was it felt like we traveled a shit ton. We, we were always on the tons, road. Tons, yep. you know, and sometimes it, it felt like, like, why are we doing this? But we were growing a brand, growing, growing relationships, going to places and, and throwing our love on them. And it was, it was fun. It was spectacular. Uh, but yeah, it was, so we had three kids at the time and, you know, she was used to it we did it well and, you know, and, and it grew and, you know, it's kind of a similar situation now. I mean, I'm still, still a reserve Marine. I travel a lot for go ruck and it's one of those things where we're used to it. We're used to, we use the analogy in my house. Like I go out and hunt, and I bring the meat home and I help process it. But like, she's the one that, you know, does the rest of the stuff. And it's, it's a great relationship. And I'm, I'm like really honored and, you know, proud to, to have a, a wife like Mads. Um, we'll, we'll get to the details guys as we go through, but like I said, Jimmy and I started CrossFit around the same time. We were there through all the fucking epic growth. Um, we were there through the transition and, um, and so we have that in common. There's, there's probably, I don't know, a handful of us who took that journey. And I always, um, when I was a kid and I would go to school, 
I always enjoyed going to class because um, of like a friend I had there, you know, and I always remember any trips I went on, I would always be so stoked to see you. I'd be like, oh, there's Jimmy. And I would try to hang out with you as much as you. I was like a little kid. I try to sit next to you at the dinner table. I always enjoyed our conversations. I enjoyed like the way we interacted with the world. And, and I just appreciated that. And I, it was so cool because there was never any um, with our group, me, you, Greg, Dave, Nicole, uh, et cetera. A lot of people I'm not naming. You never had to be fake. Like, yeah. and there was never that awkward re-entry. It was like, it was like we were just all siblings and we just all were back in the, in the van together cruising. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, like that was a special, like we had some really good times, like just great laughs, a lot of fun experiences, met a lot of interesting people in a lot of different countries. And uh, I agree. Like I always come home and tell, you know, Mads, what we were, we always had a good time together, you and I. Um, and David. Up early, up early and stayed up late. Like that's right. fucking grind. Just that's grind. Right. Yeah. Bumping into you in the hotel gym pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a good time. And like, yeah, we, we had something special with, you know, Greg, Dave, Nicole, you know, you, you know, a few others, but like that was a core, you know, that was really the, the heartbeat of what we had. Um, that yeah, was pretty special. Um, you, it's, it's interesting. You say you, um, when you're 43 now, I had my first kid at 43. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Well, right? Hey, look, like, but you're still having them, but you're still, no, having no, no, them. No, yeah, that's permanent. There is no more of that. Anymore. You're stopped at five. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Um, I mean, we, we took a nine year break between number three and number four. So, you know, we have a six year old and almost four year old turns four next week. So we started over and it's been magical. Like people, people ask me all the time, like, or say to me, you're like, you're crazy. You're crazy for doing that. And I kind of look at them and I look at the little ones and I'm like, you're crazy for not doing this. Like, right. This is, this is amazing. This is a real, yeah, look at that. <laughs> Yeah, that's a few years ago, um, but yeah, you're you're crazy for not doing it. Like, look, they, I was a I was 24 when my son James, Kieran, Jimmy. Um, was How old 20. is he now? How old is he now? He's 19. Okay, he's 19. Um, so he's at ASU, Arizona State. The one on the left there, the beautiful one with the yellow shirt on, that's my Corinne. She's 17. She graduates high school, wow. and the piercing look on the right. That's Michaela. She's 14. She's a freshman. We took a long, long break, but I'll tell you, like, with that first batch, we were young. You know, our, our pants were on fire. Like, we just, it was one of those things where me especially, I was like, hey, I can't, I can't wait till they do X, you know? I can't wait till they walk. Can't wait till they talk. I can't wait till they do this, right? And, you know, and that was for the first three. It was kind of like, well, you know, let's rush it along. And I'll tell you for the last two, it's been the exact opposite. You know, it's like push the pause button, you know, enjoy it. Like you realize how fleeting and precious those moments are and you don't want to give them away. You don't want to give them away because it's a whole different feeling when your son goes off to college and now I've got my daughter. I was just at her senior, senior night for wrestling and they put a video up on, you know, of her like, you know, throughout the years on the big jumbotron and I'm like sitting in the back, you know, hoping no one sees the tears rolling down my eyes, you know? Dude, I love it. Yeah. It's like your daughter's course, wrestling, Jimmy. Yeah. Both my daughters wrestle. Well, God, you must be so proud. It's, 
it's pretty special. I mean, girl, girls wrestling is an up-and-coming sport. It is empowering. It's exactly it's the exact opposite of what you would think it would be. Exact opposite. In the um, in the jiu-jitsu scene, um, the 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 powerhouses for sure are the girls. It, it, when at the age my at the age my boys are at, like yeah. there's this whole you know cadre cohort of girls who are under 14 years old who are on all the Instagram reels, the shit they can do, their reaction time, their intelligence. It's, it's, it's on a whole, uh, it's on a whole nother level. It's crazy. And like, they don't, they don't have the egos that you and I have. You know what I mean? Like I'll tell you that, um, growing up in New Jersey, wrestling is, is life wrestling, football, baseball, but and that's what you did. That's what you did. You grew up in New Jersey. Yes. South wrestling. Jersey. Okay. Outside of Philly, um, on the Jersey side, of course, but, um, you know, wrestling is a big, big sport. It's, you know, you start when you're four. That's when you can. That's when I did. And you just go. And and wrestling, I mean, wrestling rooms are packed. Gymnasiums are packed, especially for big rivalries. But the boys, like, you know exactly who the other guy is. You open up the Philadelphia Inquirer and you're looking at the rankings and you see who you're going to wrestle. You see the results. I mean, you know and there is no friendliness around that. <laughs> and there's no friendliness in the, in the world of like coming off the mat and you lost or you won or it doesn't matter. If you got a rivalry team, there is no sportsmanship, not to an extent, right? It's not focused. Let's just put it that way. These girls, they are so, they have such sportsmanship and the way they treat each other with respect and they hug each other and they help each other up off the mat. And they smile coming off the mat like they're just like, good job. Like, you would think that it would be something a little more catty, I guess. Like, they'd be at each other in a different way, and it's exactly not that. It is. Is, is any part of you disappointed in that, Jimmy? Is any part of you being a boy being like, yo, don't help that bitch up? What are you, doing? <laughs> you know, you're doing hugging her. You, you know, just, I, you're like, just master face, and you're going to have to wrestle her again next season. Don't I'm don't a little tough on my girls, you know, as I feel like I should be. You know, I don't. I don't look at them as being, you know, your girl, like, and, and Madeline's not either. Right. Like here's a, right. here's a female that also grew up around wrestling. She grew up in South Jersey and again, wrestling's wrestling's life. And, you know, she's very hard on them, very hard on them as well. It's just like, look, it kind of doesn't matter. Boy, girl, you know, like win loss, like you've got to put your all into it. And so, yeah, I mean, I, there's some moments where I'm like, you know, at her senior night, the other the other night I told you I was up in the back so people didn't see me cry, but the moment she got on the mat and I'm down on the front, you know, front bench screaming my face off, you know, telling her like circle out to the left, you know, um, and, and like, be like, don't relax on the side of the mat, you know, <laughs> you know, so I'm pretty hard on them. And, and, and in Utah, uh, Utahns are not very, um, they're not confrontational. The, the, what times say that again? What times? A uh, Utah. Like I live in Utah now. Oh, what's oh Utah, Utah, Utah. Okay. Yeah, we don't. We we used to live in South um, Southern California, but we got out of there right before COVID. We live in Utah now. Nice move. Good job. Good. Good chess move. Yeah, timing was perfect. Perfect. But like the Utahns aren't aren't like that, right? Like you don't have a lot of guys sitting on the side of the mat, you know, um, you screaming face off like you would see at every single mat at a New Jersey wrestling tournament, right? So. 
Yeah. It's, uh, How are you as a dad? I, every time I have Josh Bridges on here, he, he got another story. His son plays basketball. And every time he's on here, he got a story where he had a confrontation with another parent. Well, so I, how are you doing? My kids, um, my kids went to Park City uh, High School last year, and is, is that bougie? Is Park City, Utah, crazy bougie? It's like turned into Aspen. It's turned oh, that's into- awesome! Especially so. What happened was we got in here right in time. We probably could have got in a lot earlier, right? But this whole uh, COVID thing happened, and people, you know, you're talking about sixty percent of Park City at the time was all second homes. So people coming from San Francisco and New York and all these places came out here because they, you know, they were locked down in the places they were. So it kind of swelled. And then the real estate market went bonkers like everywhere, but especially here, you know, we got, did you get in before that? We got in before it. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. And so you got expansion of Deer Valley mountain here, park city and canyons merged into one. And so you got the largest ski resort in the country is here in Utah now. Then you have Deer Valley starting a new program or a new mountain. They actually, they are going to manage a new mountain, but it it kind of doesn't matter. World-class skiing, beautiful homes, outdoor. School system looks really good on paper. Um, Salt Lake City uh, Airport, 45 minutes from here. Great outdoor lifestyle, great medical system here. So like it's a great airport too, by the way. It's not like fucking the shit like Denver or Chicago, those airports are fucking bonkers. It is. It is. So we, you know, the kids are going to park city high school. Both my daughters are wrestling in the system, but my son was also wrestling and the coach, like they didn't, they haven't hired a real good coach in a long time. Right. And so I'm volunteering and like, so I'm on conference calls, rolling into the wrestling room, going on black for practice and then getting on conference calls afterwards but anyway we took a small little team you know you're talking seven or eight boys never filled out a lineup when five six girls and we just with some other dads that their kids had already graduated they just did it for the love we'd go around to these tournaments and these matches or whatever and, and it's like i always said to my i always said to my wife i was like hey like my dad i i love my dad i like I have an enormous amount of respect for him, but he was hard on me. Like he should have been when I was a young buck, you know, I mean, like I, I do remember a time where like, I came off the mat and lost a tough one and everything. And I'm waiting for a hug, you know, and I'm crying. I must be 10, 12 years old. It kind of doesn't matter. And I'm, I'm looking for some solace in my old man. And I get hit in the face with my, my shorts and my shirt. And he's like, you deserve to lose that. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, he walked off and uh my dad was like i mean you know swat team kind of guy just jacked up fit was your dad a cop was your dad a cop yeah, 28 years wow yeah 28 years retired on drug task force leading the swat team that kind of stuff right and i always like said to myself and to my wife i was like you know i'm not, I'm not gonna be like that i'm just gonna be super chill on the side of the mat and everything in the moment my <laughs> the moment my son stepped foot on the mat like that hall went out the window oh he became your dad oh my gosh i was i'm a hundred times worse than my dad <laughs> i'm a hundred i'm on the side of the mat going you're not gonna every shot that you don't take is the one you don't score on you're like you know you like get your ass back in the center of the mat like going nuts 
Well, I would take that to my coaching <laughs> too. And so the amount of um, referees that aren't used to that kind of coaching on the side of the mat, like taking them to the table and going, you know, challenging their calls and stuff. The amount of times I've been thrown out of matches is kind of insane. Oh, <laughs> really? Open. Really? Yeah. yeah. My wife would just, I mean, I'd come home and she'd be like, how'd it go? And I'm like, oh, I it was heard. great in the parking lot. It was great yeah, in the right. parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, I want to ask you about that with, with your dad. Um, as a tenor, because I, it's always tough to know. I, I, my, my, some of my most fondest moments when my parents did console me. You know what I mean? Like, I have a toy and I'm walking down the street and I trip and fall. And my toy hits the ground and breaks. And my dad's like, "Don't worry." And he walks me right back to the toy store and buys me a new one. And I'm like, those memories like stiff stuck with me my whole life, right? But on the other hand. Like now that you're a parent, you know, your dad didn't maybe didn't want to treat you that way, but felt like it was the best choice in order to get the best out of you. Because at the end of the day, someday he's going to be gone and yeah. his son, Jimmy's going to be left alone in the world and needs to be tough. Tell me about the, do you remember that moment he did that? How did you process that? How does a kid process that? Are you, know, you able as an alchemist to turn that into something positive? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, you know. Like, I think today there's a lot more of the, you know, the, the, the condolences and the solace and the, you know, like, Hey, you tried really hard. Right. And that's really good. You know, you, at least you tried. And that's not how, you know, that's, that's, it's like, I got some of that and I, I got as I got the perfect amount of what I needed of that. Right. But, you know, he, he also knew being out, I mean, being a, being the oldest of eight, he's the oldest of eight in a Irish Catholic family, you know, in, you know, of all blue collar workers, you know, going in and, you know, he's got all his brothers and sisters to take care of. And he's got his new family to take care of. You know, my mom worked for the state as a court reporter, like just hardworking family. He knew that like, you know, the world's not going to give you <laughs> It's not going to give you stuff on the silver platter, right? You got to go out. You got to work for it. And yeah. like my old man, um, he was always, always engaged, right? Like it wasn't like he would just sit in the stands. He helped coach wrestling. He helped coach football. He helped coach baseball. So he just – and what's important about you saying that is he wasn't just a dick. He earned his right to be a dick. You respected yeah. him. It oh, wasn't like sure. you were getting beaten by the drunk dad. It was like no. he, earned, he earned his spot at the table in your life to give you oh, that yeah. feedback. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, and like, I still have an enormous amount of respect for my old man. He's just, he's just a great person. He's a great person. And, uh, I got to, I get to take like some of the, the hard love that he gave me pretty regularly. Um, and, and that generally came in around sports and academics. It was always like, Hey, school is number one. That was always it. Like in my house. School's number one, and I don't give a shit how good of a wrestler you are or a football player. You're not playing if you don't have the grades. And the grades were A's and B's in my house. Don't bring home a C. Do not bring home a C. And and if you did, it was like you waited till next semester, and it didn't matter if it was like summertime. <laughs> next semester, you get to prove when that report card came home because there's no – if you, I mean, you remember it was like it came home in a paper – yeah, yo, a manila folder kind of thing. And that was when the grades were out. 
all these systems today where I can go check my girl's grades this moment to see if they can go out like on some app or whatever that didn't exist. So it was like, yeah, I remember that four times a year that those were, that was the quarters were scary. That was some scary shit. Yeah. Yeah. That manila folder comes out and you pull it out and you're just nervous as all hell. But it looks um, like a fucking, it looks like a speeding ticket. They even (laughs) write it on the fucked up weird paper like that. Like one of these. Yeah, totally. And it was yellow. I don't know if it was that yellow, but I remember it was that flimsy paper. And you're like, oh, shit, here we yeah. go. Yeah, um, Jimmy, I'm, I'm going to come back to your high school. Hey, what's the hardest? Um, what's the hardest ruck in your in your in your life that you've done? What's the hardest ruck? Jeez. You know? We used to do these. It was called a McCree. McCree and any Marine uh, that was working up in deployment would know what a McCree is. And is that named after somebody? Is that named after somebody? I can't remember. No, no. In in the Marine Corps, it's dumb the amount of acronyms that we have. Okay. And and they change regularly, but I can't remember what it what it stands for. But any Marine that's like was working up in the earlier days uh, of the Iraq War and 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 uh, and enduring freedom would know what a McCree is, and you'd cringe because part of the McCree was a twenty five mile um hump is what we would call them so it's a hike a ruck um where you have all that you need all that you need and you're going you move from point a to point b it's 25 miles and you do it as a unit and you're carrying all your weapons and all your ammunition and all your radios and all of that and those are those are really difficult really difficult are you doing that at camp pendleton is that where you did it in yeah, camp California? yeah each like each unit will have their own kind of um like camp Lejeune will have their own or third Marines or whatever, but, um, man, look Marine at Corps air ground combat center, 29 palms, California. Oh, Mo. no, that's, um, but yeah, that's, that's what it is. evaluation exercise. Okay. Yeah. So you do it. So that right there. So this is getting a little bit deeper than probably necessary, but when you form, see, there's all these different units in the, the Marine Corps, right. And the Marine Corps is unique in how it, structures itself different from other units because it'll form what's called a Marine air ground task force. It'll take infantry grunts. They'll take force reconnaissance guys. They'll take Intel battalions, truck battalions, and it forms this larger unit. Um, And this is what makes the Marine Corps unique is that it bases that unit on the mission set. Right. And when, once it forms that MAGTAF Marine air ground task force, then it trains to it and tests against it. Um, it, it's pretty special, but that McCree hike is no joke. <laughs> is is, no does, joke. does anyone finish? How, how much does that weigh? How much does all your gear weigh? Do you remember? I mean, you're talking a hundred pounds with flak, Kevlar, what you're carrying on your back, ammunition, any of this that you probably wouldn't be carrying ammunition at this one. I don't recall, but anyway, you, you simulate that with weight, right? You will be carried, excuse me. Um, you'll be carrying radios and batteries, weapons all that stuff <laughs> yeah. i love your uh you know your money penny here just keep him pulling oh up yeah caleb's the there. shit yeah yesterday i had a guy in the show and he's like hey how come you're not bringing stuff up i'm like caleb's not here <laughs> <laughs> um in that that 25 mile um journey how, how many you said the whole group does it how many is that how many dudes is that you're talking several hundred several hundred you know, so battalion. How many times did you do that? Did you do that more than once? I've done that once. The McCree was only done once, but we've done, you know, 20 mile, 25 mile hikes pretty regularly. 
Um, when I was but at not the, with the hundred pounds of gear, not with that. No, no. Does anyone make it easy? And, and do some guys not make it at all? Some guys don't make it. Some guys don't make it, you know? And like the idea is that you, you, you move at a rate that you can, well, first what they're trying to do is make sure that you are training to be prepared for it. Right. That's the bigger thing. It's not like they go, Hey, wake up and we're going to do a McCree hike today. It's not like that. It's like, Hey, part of this whole evolution in the training is, will be this day will be a McCree and back off that and make sure your units are prepared. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those. Are things. your feet fucked up from that? Your and feet Dave, was telling, really, Dave did a, they are fucked up from that. Yeah. You get me. Cause that's the other thing, right? Like, it's one thing to go out on a just a ruck where it's you're in a controlled environment right now, right? And I could go out into the mountains and I do pretty regularly here, um, where I just got my, my perfect shoes. I've got my perfectly distributed go ruck on. Like it's it's that, right? But when you get out and you start putting gear, like real life gear, on your back um, with different sustainment pouches and things like that, it's not always perfect, right? And so you could be two pounds off to the left. You know, you could, you know, things couldn't be off centered in the center of your ruck. Like, and, and this is field craft 101 where you really try to disperse that evenly. But what happens is you're going up and down, you're on rocks, you know, you, you're stepping on the foot of the guy in front of you. It just become, you know, your weapons off to the side. There's those kinds of things. And like you, if you're going downhill, which is the worst, I mean, I'd rather be walking at a 45 degree angle uphill and down because your foot hits the ground and it, your toes slide just the tiniest bit. Do that. And that happens. Down. And that happens 10,000 times. Exactly. And you, I'd come back and like, I still have nails that won't grow on my toes from that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. So, um, Dave did a, Dave did a, uh, a ruck with Thomas DeLauer and it was uh, 35 miles with 35 pounds it was supposed to be 50 miles with 50 pounds and at the last minute they cut it back to 35 pounds uh 35 miles on a very simple on, on a trail on like you know on a trail yeah. in monterey like a, a perfect a perfect setting you know none of that shit and he did it i think with two other seals and thomas delauer and he said um, when they got back everyone was their feet were just destroyed he said one guy's feet the bottoms were just completely just yeah fucking hamburger meat yep yeah they were fasting too i think i remember that yeah yeah he's like do you want to go yeah. on that i'm like yeah but i'm not carrying anything he's like well i'll just put a backpack but nothing in it i'm like no <laughs> i'll tell you that like when i was at the basic school which is like the first the first thing you do as a marine corps officer so like you get commissioned but you don't just get to go to the to the fleet you go to through the basic school and the basic school is six months of like this is how you become a marine officer like and the marine corps looks at every marine as a rifleman that's how they they say it right doesn't matter if you're a truck driver, Intel guy, sit behind a computer, you know, radio operator or a radio geek, right? You will learn how to shoot, move and communicate. And in the officer side, you go through the basic school and you, you are, they basically take you through as if you are an infantry officer and how to lead Marines to shoot, move and communicate. And so like I was there six months, we'd had our final hike. We came out of the field. It was, I want to say, January in Quantico. It's really cold, snow on the ground. You know, if you, this is where I start started to learn, like my field craft was not that good at the time because you're out in the cold and you're just trying to stay warm, right? 
you're gobbling up calories, gobbling up calories, and you don't really want to drink water, you know, because it's freezing outside. You know, you just like you should be drinking water. You should drink a lot more water. But we had a 20 mile hike from out of the field back in, and I didn't change my socks on the the um, on the stops like I should have. And I just got, got lazy. I didn't do that. When I got back from the end of that 20 mile hike, I had blisters on the bottom of my feet. Oh my God. This big and on my heels and everything. The next day we had a land navigation course out Uh and and it was like our final land navigation and I could barely walk. It was miserable and it's timed. (laughs) So like, I'm like duct taping my feet and everything. And it's just like, anyway, Probably more information that you guys need. No, 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 no. You're here to tell these stories. I love yeah, it. Um, Jay Hartle, good socks and boots make a huge difference. It, that was interesting to hear Jimmy say that, that uh, you needed to change the socks. Uh, Jeffrey Birchfield, uh, Dave Castro is doing a ruck at the Health Summit, which is on February 3rd, 4th, and 5th, right. I think, in uh, Austin, Texas, in conjunction with Go Ruck. Oh, that's cool. Are you going to that? I'm going to be on military duty. But we'll, okay. Carrie Harris is going to go. Carrie okay, be- awesome. And, and he um, represents Go Ruck. Yeah, Kerry, yes. When he got let go, you know, you know, Kerry, he's just a great person. Yep. You know, and uh, we've got a fucking, excuse me, awesome culture at GORUCK. Awesome culture. And Kerry's that kind of person. You know, we got great people with amazing capabilities and just like, just really good people. And he fits. How many people work at GORUCK, Jimmy? How many employees do you guys have? We have about 55. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, growing fast. And, and, and when you say it has a great culture, you came from a company that had a fucking insane culture. I mean, everyone there was just so excited to come to work and grind. Is that, is that what you mean? Yeah. What's the culture like at GORUCK? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say GORUCK feels a lot like CrossFit circa 2009 through 2012. Wow. Yeah, wow. It's, it's amazing. Our founder, Jason, is just a great person. He is He's a visionary like Greg always was. You know, he's he is steadfast on what's right about around gear and durability and on like this is the, you know, he's an SF guy, special forces guy. This is on brand for SF. In fact, we we have Jason keeps Richard Rice. Look him up. I mean, he is he's been in every war. He's been in he was at Black Hawk Down in Mogadishu. He was in Vietnam. I mean, this is a crazy decorated um, Green Beret. Jason keeps him on staff. He runs, he's a head of product at this moment, but he's a lot of Jason's kind of right hand to go, am I stepping away from my SF roots? And so anyway, we've got this great culture at GORUCK and it's like, you got a bunch of people that are excited to come to work. you got, yes, Richard Rice, there he is. Legend. Hey, Legend. Uh, uh, Jimmy, um, was he in World War II? <laughs> I bust his balls. Yeah, I bust his balls. No, but a seaman. But 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 it, but he was a sperm in World War II. His dad was in World War II. He was just hanging out in the nuts in World War II. Look at that. Go down a little bit. You know, Eagle Claw, Granada, Panama, Nicaragua, Pakistan, Pakistan. Afghanistan, Battle of Mogadishu, Black Hawk Down. Look at his favorite animals are donkeys. They aided in the Mogadishu resistance to the Soviet occupation. You even know what his favorite who, – whose favorite animal is a donkey? Jesus. Workhorses. Guys that know that those things just carry weight. 
has this guy become a friend of yours, Jimmy? Yeah, he's a great person. Great person. And he's like, it's crazy because so you're getting you're getting crazy stimulated at GoRuck. You're getting crazy stimulated. You're in in hog heaven. Yeah, I mean, look, you you know, you go, this is the thing with Rich, right? I'll bust his balls or whatever about being old, but like you shake his hand and there stands in front of you. I think he's 75 or so. Like you think about that guy when he was 30. Or I look at him and I'm like, man, this guy's stone cold. Mm. You know, he's doing some really serious stuff, really serious stuff. And like, this is just a sidebar, but I've I've been, had a lot of interactions with veterans throughout all these different wars, right? World War II, Vietnam, Korea, all, whatever. And like, there's this, this crazy amount of respect that goes between all of them. You know, World War II guys, I look at them I'm like, these guys are nuts. Like mm-hmm. picture being on one of those boats and landing under fire. And it's interesting because this respect that they have for my generation of Marines or, you know, soldiers or service members, they're like, you guys are nuts. Like at least we knew where the enemy was and it was in front of us. Right. You same thing, Vietnam, Korea, all these different places. Right. And there's this mutual respect between them all. And I look at Rich and he's been through so many of these things and I'm like, man, he, he was in GWAT, right. But he was also in Vietnam and Granada and Panama and all that stuff. So anyway, just kind of a tangent. Was but that I, guy special forces forces too? Yeah. Richard? Yeah. As, as a Marine? No army special army. forces, green beret. Well, green and, beret. and he, so he was probably in even before there was a Delta force. He was one of the founding guys. Oh shit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. He's How cool. fun. You, yeah. And you're cool. home. It's your home. What back, a good yeah. Thing. Back to the culture. Right. It's like, look, we, we make, really great gear with like that's good enough for these special forces dudes right like we we like to say internally which means it doesn't fail which means it it doesn't doesn't fail fail because there's you're not going to amazon prime something in to the places where like that you need something right so we make it so that it will test you know the the hardest conditions and like we offer a lifetime guarantee against that meaning like if you figure out a way to rip tear break one of our rucks we'll fix it and if you don't want it fixed, we'll send you a new one. And we've got a repair shop right on, right across oh, the wow. from our CEO. Sewers that mostly do customizations, you know, but do some repairs. But most of our guys, like they want, they love their ruck and they're like, hey, I want to, I want an inside panel that's, you know, digital, right? I want digital camo inside, or I want this one strap to be this color. And people customize their rucks all the time, but... Yeah, we it's it's such a great culture. I'm so like blessed to be there and I I'm honored. Like I'm honored to have the opportunity to help grow this brand because you know, being so close to the Reebok relationship in the beginning, I I found it helped negotiate it with Steve Weiss and and some others like across the table from all these heavy hitting, you know, billion dollar right. company executives. And me, like not knowing what the hell I was doing at the time, you know, just knowing what was good for CrossFit. Now I'm like on the other side, which is really cool. It's really cool because it affords go rock the opportunity to work with some friends that I trust. Dave, Don, like others, like I've just the faces I got to see on the all hands when they um, 
when they announced this to the employees. Seven, you were on you were on a call with um all of all of the employees at CrossFit when they announced the partnership, yeah. the relationship. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Wow. And it was it was really awesome. It was a Zoom call and there was probably eight, 10 pages of 50 people or what I don't know how many people I should have counted. There were a lot of people, like tiny yeah, little, yeah. tiny little, yeah. you know, yeah, um cells of these faces that I recognize and I'm going through and I'm like, this feels so right. And I'm getting private chats in the Zoom thing. It's like, so good to see you. This is really good. You know, and so like, I'm just really happy about our opportunity to like show up for the CrossFit community, for the people, you know, for my friends. You know, I, I remember going back to the durability and the importance of, of equipment not failing. I, I had never thought of this, but I remember Greg saying one time, he's like, yeah, man, you cannot be on the top of Mount Everest in your zipper break on a jacket you cannot right. because at that point one tooth on your zipper is you're dead that's right that's and, right uh, yeah it, it and it's and i and it although it's not combat it's the same thing for the soldiers you can't have something fucking go wrong you can't have your radio stop working or your gun stop working or something stop working or, or your pouch fucking broke open and your ammo fell out you can't have any of that shit happening the shit has to be though the errors cannot be there well, everything's got to be perfect. You're right. And like, I go back to like people, this is important and it'll come full circle. We were talking about our feet, right? We were talking about our feet getting torn up and everything. And like, if you, if, if, if any, if you rock at all, you know, right? Like, you know, baton death march that, you know, and you're out for raising money, you just, you're out exercising or you're a military person, you know, at the extreme ends of rucking, you're going to have messed up feet. And we, we made, we started with a ruck, right? Jason McCarthy started with um, the, the ruck as a concept. And then we, we moved more, um, we got a little bit more focused on the, how we design that ruck for rucking particularly, right? Because we have a GR series, which is you can ruck with, but it's a really great travel bag, GR one, two, three. And that's what we started with. And you could put a plate in it, you could put weight in it and you could ruck. But like then we started developing a rucker, which is just for rucking, you know, handles on the outside, limited. Yeah, that's the GR series, limited kind of um, like not as many bells and whistles for laptops and things like that train. Right. Put a plate in it. Not a lot of zippers, because if you break it, you know, you drop it on the ground, which you can. No problem. You won't break a zipper. Right. But we we were doing all these things and we start to think like. You know, if you had a choice between, and anybody knows the answer to this that rucks a lot, if you had a choice between the ruck that you carry or what you put on your feet, you'll choose what you put on your feet all day long because mm. you'll carry whatever, right? But you really, really want to have, you know, your footwear dialed. It needs to fit right. It needs to, you know, not have those extra little things that make blisters or cuts and all that stuff. So that we started getting footwear and we make, a great ruck and great footwear because it's what, you know, what, for anybody who moves, moves weight on their back, those are the two things that are completely necessary. How about socks? Do you guys do socks? We do socks. We do Merino wool socks. Um, you know, we've done, we're going to be doing some more athletic kind of socks for the CrossFit space. Those are really, those are great boot socks. How often do you, if you <clears throat> on a ruck, let's say, let's say uh, the 35 mile ruck with 35 pounds, you sh uh someone should change their socks during that oh much. yeah probably a minimum of 35 miles for 
four times, three, four times. Wow. You know, like guys like can you put me, the old socks back on, Jimmy. Can you just rotate between two pair or no? I no. wouldn't do that. But if you had to do it, you why know, do you, you need to change them? Because they get wet. You, they get moisture. moist. They get moist. And what happens is, is like um, that moisture, like that moisture will start making the sock move like this, right? Uh -huh, Against uh -huh. your skin. And you'll start getting hot spots. Like if you've been out on so long it's friction. Walks, it's, it's friction. friction. Yeah. You want to yeah. limit all friction. Exactly. Exactly. Now, guys like Dave or whatever, like here's Dave's a seal, right? Those guys are so used to misery that they'll work their way through it. But like if you knew that you needed to move 35 miles and then also in, you know, perform whatever that performance is, right? Like get on target, do things on target. You, you want to take care of your feet. Or if you got to march out the next day. Exactly. Take care of your feet. Yeah, crazy. Um, Jimmy, so uh, what high school did you go to? I went to a high school in South Jersey called Cherokee. Cherokee High Did school. you go there all four years? All four years, yeah. And then, and, and, and as a freshman, you wrestled? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and what was that like? Um, you had already been wrestling, right? So you, so you joined the program as a freshman, but you already have experience? Yeah, for sure. We, you know, starting at four, it was like, I, I was actually, my friend Doug Eastlick and I were both going up to the high school practices while we were in eighth grade. The middle school was right next to the high school. And, you know, just for some extra training, we would go up to Cherokee. We'd practice with them. And then uh, when we got into our, Doug was a year behind me, in fact. When I got into high school, you know, I, I hit the starting lineup. I wrestled 119 my freshman year. Wow. 119 and, and how much do you weigh right now, Jimmy? Sorry, I know it's I'm so like 200 weird pounds. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I wrestled 184, 184 pounds in college. So, you know, so you're 80 pounds heavier now. You're 43, you said. Yeah. And, and so, and you were probably 14. So, from 14 to 43, you've put on 80 pounds. That's amazing. Yeah, I put on a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that was me in college. Okay, so pounds. so so you get there and and um. It, Feel free to tell any stories you want, but I want to start digging around into your high school wrestling career. And then, so you're wrestling. Do you ever want to quit? Like, are you like, okay, I've done it up until the eighth grade, like in high school, I want to try something else, or I don't want to do no, it? Like, no, not really. I'll tell you, my freshman year was tough. 119 pounds, I, I come to find out, was the toughest weight class in all of all of the state of New Jersey. It's kind of like that in all the fighting sports, the small, the small, unfortunately, everyone, we all want to watch the big guys, but all the little guys is where all the shit's happening. Yeah, I mean, like, so I guess I'll tell you a quick story is that I get nice. to I get to my first we had a quad meet, okay, one day, and this is I'm up there, quad meet. What's that mean, quad meet? What's that um, mean? it means there's four schools. You're going to wrestle four schools, so there's a okay. bunch of different mats, and like you just kind of rotate. This is, I'm zero and zero. That's my record at the time, and I come out and I win some really hard fought matches, four and zero, right? And I'm kind of like. I, I look back on this moment, this time, because at the time I'm thinking like, yeah, of course I won all my matches, you know, because I came out of eighth grade and seventh grade, like just, you know, I win, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, of course. And then I hit the regular, the regular season and I'm talking, hitting guys that are, you know, state champ types and all that stuff. I'm just getting, are you wrestling seniors? Oh yeah. I'm a freshman. I've got, you know, I remember some names, you know, Greg Bauer, Curtis Huff, um, 
you know, uh, these guys that were just studs that just go out and wipe people up and they wipe me up too. So I come out of my, my freshman year, just pretty, um, like, man, what just hit me, you know, maybe a 500 record or whatever, go to sophomore year, wrestle 135, somewhat similar, right? Like I've had, I'm, I'm moving along. Right. And at that point I was like, everybody's good. You know, like if they're on a high school starting team in New Jersey, everybody's good. You know, like I come in and like think I'm hot shit. And the next thing you know, I'm getting my butt whooped. So the transition between my sophomore and junior year was really where it happens. Like I went and I trained my butt off that summer. I lifted and I ran and I I did that several times a day. And I was like, I am going. Several times a day, seven days a week, you're getting it. All the time. And I'm talking running in the humidity, uh, you know, in the summertime. I had a moped because I was busting tables at a crab shack. What kind of moped did you have? It was like a target. Did it have the pedals on it? It had pedals. Yeah. It had (laughs) pedals. Like, I remember, you know, you used to call it boring it out. Like, it was top speed at 25 miles an hour and you'd bore it out. I don't remember how how you did that, but you got a special muffler or whatever. And next thing you know, a thing goes like almost 32. Yeah. You know, you just like, I, I was able to get all around. So, you know, finish work at midnight, 1 a.m., go home, wake up in the morning. It was kind of like, yeah, it's more like the one on the left up there. Yep. And, uh, yep, something like that. Don't you wish you still had that? <laughs> it was like a thousand bucks. You yeah. Know? And, you know, I felt like I was just so cool. Um, but I, you know, I went up to this, this gym that was nearby and it was, run, work, lift, train, eat, protein, that kind of thing. I went back into my junior year. I wrestled 152 that year and, you know, had a a pretty decent season, pretty decent season. And um, came out of that. And I was just like, I was very focused uh, going into my senior year, going into my senior year. And uh, I went pretty, I went undefeated until States. Um and I'll, I'll never forget, like I lost a, a one point match to, um, I, I remember the guy's name, but I'm not even going to give it to him right now. <laughs> but it still haunts me, still haunts me. And then went to the state finals in Atlantic City. And I, I just, my head wasn't in the game. I shot a deep shot on a guy. He stepped over me, put me on my back, pinned me. And that that moment right there was like, I'm never going to put down my guard again. And I ended up wrestling that guy in college. He went to the University of Maryland and I beat the snot out of that guy. I was, do you think he remembered you? Do you think he remembered you from state? I'm also? sure he did. He, he yeah. wasn't supposed to, he wasn't supposed to win that match and he caught me. And, you know, it's one of those things that all wrestlers get, right? You just get caught. Yeah. And uh, I beat the snot out of him in college. And it was just like, you know, take it on to the rest of, uh, you know, the rest of my wrestling career. But, you know, I got, yeah, go ahead. You you graduate from high school. And then, and what did you want to do after that? I wanted the whole time. I wanted to go to the Naval Academy. You did. Oh yeah. I knew I wanted to go to Navy. Um, Anybody who knew me knew, you know, by, by seventh grade, I was like, I want to be a SEAL. I knew I wanted to be a SEAL terribly. Like it was just, I was obsessed with being a seal 
And uh, my dad took me to a father-son camp at Navy, and it kind of just reinforced all of that. So going through high school and everything, this is what I wanted to do. In was fact, it hard getting into the Naval Academy? Were you scared? Were you nervous? Like you, I'm assuming you apply. That's the one where you got to like get a letter from like your congressman or some shit. Yeah, right? it's not easy. It's not easy. It's uh, you got to have great academics. You got to be, you know, you got to be well rounded. They want to see like you're you're volunteering in the community that you play sports. You've got you know captain of your team. All of they want a robust kind of candidate and. I applied to Army, Navy, Air Force, and there's someone. I, I think someone along the line is like, "It'd be great. You just want to show that you want to go to Service Academy." I got. Hey, were you the captain of your wrestling team in in, in high school? Yeah, yeah. Did, did, um, Junior and senior year. It, 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 sorry, I want to take go back there a second. Was that your first time in like a leadership position? What was that? What was that like? Did I mean, that come naturally to you. What was that? Did someone teach? Did someone teach you? or guide you on how to lead the team or you just remember from the, the kids before you or how does that I just work? Kind of, yeah. I kind of remembered how I looked up to them. Right. Like I've mm-hmm. always looked at leadership as, as like, Hey, I like that. And I don't like that. I'm going to take that and put it in my quiver, you know, and I'm not going to do that. Right. I've always looked at it that way. And there, there were, there were some pretty, um, there were, I remember really looking up considering I was coming up from eighth grade from the middle school and practicing with these guys. And I looked up to a lot of dudes that were captains of the high school wrestling team prior to me. But I come to find out that like, these are guys that, you know, some of them were smoking and stuff in the offs, you know, when they weren't in the practice room and just doing the things that they, they just, they're not setting the example for the rest of the team. And it was one of those things where I'm like, Hey, this guy wrestles really hard on the side of the mat or on the, on the mat. And he's nasty you know, and he's aggressive and all that stuff. And he's like, really has the opportunity to be good. But when he's off the mat, he doesn't act right. You know? Mm. And so for me, it was like, I take these things and I put them in my quiver and be like, this is how I want to be. And how so did you I, not, why didn't you go down that path? Why didn't you be like, okay, that guy's the best on the team and he smokes and he drinks on the weekends. I should do that. You know, I just, it was just one of those things where I wanted to set an example. Right. And like, that's mm. real leadership is example setting. And it was, it was one of those things where I'm like, hey, man, like you want other young kids to look up to you, like do the right thing, make them, you know, show them the right path so that they they know what it's, you know, they know what's good, what's good wrestling, what's good leadership, what you should and shouldn't be doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I was. um I've learned it's funny of these two huge lessons I've learned from Miranda Alcarez in the last couple of years. Um who's also, you know, I know a good friend of yours. Um, yeah, she's great. W- one of them, she, she talked about, um, it's interesting because you you have goal, you had goals. I never had goals, but I've lived a really, really good life with a shitload of progress. I have progress around every corner. And I was thinking to myself, how is it that I have so much progress, but I don't have any goals? And Miranda explained to me that if you have good habits, discipline, and passion, um, you'll end up going the right you'll be swimming in the right stream anyway discipline passion and and um um uh, what was what did i say the other one discipline passion um habits 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 discipline and passion and so and i and, I, and i'm always like tr- trying to refine my habits but then the other thing that i heard her say recently that 
I always knew this at like maybe the 500 foot view, but I heard her give the 30,000 foot view perspective of it. And this is what you're saying. A character is contagious. Yeah. Character is is like contagious. And it's like, there's this pure healthy kind of peer pressure. Right. So, um, and and you've seen it, you've seen it at the table. I'll give, um, one, as soon as you see someone smoking on your team, there's a subliminal message from you that it's okay to smoke. Yeah, that's right. So that right, or or when you when you're around someone who's eating like an asshole, you're like, okay, they're kind of giving the okay for everyone else to eat like an asshole. Yeah. And as a leader, you have to spot those things and not do those things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta you gotta do. You have to set the example, and sometimes it's not comfortable. You know, you're uncomfortable right. socially. You know, right. you might be physically or emotionally uncomfortable. You know, there's right. those things, and it's like, you know, you think of. Think of these people, think of, I have people in my mind that you just look up to and you're just like, man, they're just a beacon for, for what's right. You know, they're a beacon for, you know, setting an example. They're, you know, fill in the blank, you know. I remember talking to you one night, this could have been 10 years ago when we were at dinner and I was just tripping that you went to the Naval Academy. And I remember saying something, to, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically you said, hey man, it was a fucking lot of work. Um it was almost like it was almost like too much work it was the the four years went by and i and i didn't get to like even like smell the roses at all yeah and it it was a fucking grind and you didn't go as far as to say i wish i didn't do it but but you alluded to the fact that maybe you missed some other things yeah now you're 43 and you're the president of go ruck and you've come up through one of the you you got an insane education through the upbringing your parents gave you the wrestling then fucking the military then fucking watching what the miracle of crossfit mm-hmm. now and is every day goes on does your perspective is your perspective changing on that on your time at the um i mean as i get further there you know like would you want your son to do that would you want your daughters to do that you know it's interesting because my son um he's applying right now he's um, what he's applying Oh, to, oh to the Naval Academy. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'll okay. tell you that story here in a second. But like to answer your first question is like, as I get further out, like there's a saying, there's two sayings that I always kind of like think about. Right. And one of which is the Naval Academy is a great place to be from. It's just not a great place to be at. And, mm-hmm. you know, like some people thrive in that environment, but I'll tell you the athletes uh, specifically, the athletes have it a hot, like, they might get a little bit like of a better look um, as they come in because they're athletes, right? They're not, there's, there's kids there that 1600 on the, on the SAT, SAT 4.0 or 5.0 weighted, whatever you want to say, like, look, they have perfect grades, but you know, they're not your athletic. They're not, there's no athletic prowess there, right? There's that kind of midshipmen and there's midshipmen that are like, 1200 SAT, you know, 3.2, but they're also captain of the wrestling team or whatever, um, it, or football team or pick, pick the team. Right. So you have, they, they, there's a good, um, there's a round off, if you will, for the, the type of midshipmen. But when you get to the Naval Academy, it is point of place of duty is academic year. Right. So there's the, there was a lot of times where we would get in at 3 a.m. from a tournament all weekend. And it's like, doesn't matter. You need to be at formation at 6 a.m. And you better be shaved. 
You better have all your academics done. You know, you need to. They're not given a waiver for the wrestling team. They're not like, oh, we know you've been out all weekend. No athletes. No. You're, you, you know, you, this is what they expect of a military officer. You come back from an operation, you need to be on, you need to be on duty. You're on duty. Like you figure it out, make sure all your shit's done. Make sure you you're coming presentable, your uniform's tight, you've shaved, you know, and you're on point, right? You know, there's no skipping class. There's no like, Hey, I'm going to take this semester and only take six credits. It's like a lot of places where, you know, a lot of colleges there's, and I don't know if this is the case, but I'm, I, I've heard this is that if you want to take more than 16 credits or you want to take 16 credits, a lot of times you got to see your academic advisor to take it. Like at the academy, they're the threshold, I believe, is 16 credits. <laughs> like you wow, got to see okay. your academic advisor to not take that. Right. And there's okay, okay. four classes, you know, chemistry, physics, all the calculuses. And then you have like thermodynamics and electrical engineering and all these courses that are like serious. Right. And my regret is that I know I could have been at least an all American in college. And I didn't, I, I didn't, I felt like. The, you mean if you would have went to another college where you could yeah. have like gotten a couple extra hours of sleep, extra hours of sleep, you know, like you eat what you're served at the Academy. It comes out on trays at your table and your squad. And it's like, good luck. You know, like yep. Jimmy Changas, there it is. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> to, you know like, right. right. You you know, you, being uh, around all these years around CrossFit, it's like what a great nutritional, you know, regimen or plan can do for uh, an athlete's performance, right? We didn't really have that. And so that was one of those things where I'm like, maybe I should have taken a scholarship somewhere else and then just gone to OCS and went to the military that way. But I'll tell you, like, as I get further out, I appreciate the academy even more. You know, some of my some of my best friends were, yeah, that was uh look at that fucking funny. neck. Jesus Christ, <laughs> dude. Yeah, my I was God. I was I was ready to rock and roll as a Marine. That's that's Rumsfeld, Secretary of Defense Rumsfeld. Oh shit, I see him there. Wow. And that's that's General John Allen, who is one of the most amazing Marines uh, I've ever had contact with. He's he this is, is your graduation? A, yes. That's me getting my diploma at the time. Yep. Damn, Jim. I was probably 215 at that point. Just all. Who took this picture? Do you know? Or does school take it and gives it to you? I don't know. I, I think, I think, yeah, someone got that picture and gave it to, to everybody at the time. Um, but yeah. Damn, good find, Caleb. I, I, um, I'll tell you though. Some of my best friends, the people I would call on would be on a plane t today if I just said, hey, I need you on a plane and be here, come from the academy. You know, godparents to my kids, you know, that type of thing. And so, you know, I got to, I still am, you know, have met some of the most amazing people. And I'll tell you that, you know, it's probably, a, it's not arguable to me, but I think the Naval Academy is probably the best institution to come from you know, the network and, you know, the academics and then what you get to do afterwards, but the network of, of individuals that sit in, you know, the seats like Don Fall, Don Fall is a Naval Academy graduate, you know, was he there when you were there? Is he old? No, he's a few years ahead of me. He is a few years ahead of me. Did you ever uh, see him on deployment? I did. We, we crossed paths on deployment. Um, 
So do you, do you remember was, that? Or when you talk, you just, yeah, you know, it's you, more that I, when we talk, you know, he's like, Don, I was here and you're like, shit, I was there too. Don is, uh, Don's, you know, Don's a, a legit Marine. I'm just going to put it there. I'm not going to tell any of his stuff, but yeah. like, and that's he not, went on jobs. He, he, he did jobs. Yeah. Work was probably very good for him. And so, you know, like I've got an enormous amount of respect for someone like Don Fall. He's a, he is a professional, very professional person. You know, he's got a lot of success in the out on the outside, right. In the corporate world. And he's come to CrossFit with bringing a lot of that experience. You know, if anybody's positioned well at this moment in the, in the current environment, it is that man. Um, uh, he, he recently, um, yesterday he, uh, he, there was this publicly, uh, uh, an affiliate wrote, Hey, I had a run in with Don and Don basically told, I'm paraphrasing, but Don basically told me, Hey, I need to stop disparaging the HQ. And the guy said, Hey, I'm probably not going to do that. So Don, um, told him, Hey, well, I'm going to de-affiliate you. And it sounds like it was from, it sounds like it was a both a good call, but I, it was kind of cool to see that, uh, because we know Greg would be quick to be like, here's your fucking money back. Get the fuck out. Yeah. And it made, it made the ship airtight. Like it made us fucking bomb proof. And it, it's kind of the first time I've seen. It's, well, it's the first time I, that I can remember seeing Don's balls. And I, and I liked it. I enjoyed working at CrossFit knowing that there's a lot of dudes around me who have balls who will come up and poke you in the chest. And, right. and, it, and, and he gave the guy a chance too, even, but, but I, I enjoy seeing, um, Man, manly confrontation I, yeah i mean just he's like, hey, look, just straight up he's crazy professional he gets out there but he's a you know he's empathetic but he's decisive and i and i guess okay. okay time for me to like uh, greg is a friend of mine i have an right. enormous amount of respect for that man still a like, close friend you talk to him on the regular a, i mean i talked yeah. to him yesterday you know yeah, okay funny you were telling me about the girls on the jujitsu mat he was sending me pictures of their i mean videos of of Riley, you know, going up against the boy, you know, and all it's like and she's his chick is a savage. His his oldest fierce. girl is a savage. She's fierce, yeah. yeah. But and, she'll, and I she'll fuck Avi up. She fucks my oldest boy up. Yeah. Like fucks and him up. I you know, it, it was sad to see what happened with that, you know, very sad. Oh, you mean but just right. the kind of the trend the un ungluing of it all in the pandemic and yeah. the you know all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, and I like I I my, I have a lot of loyalty to Greg a yeah. lot. He's a yeah. great person. Give me crazy amount of chances like to do, to get to where I am today. I'm yeah, just going to be clear too. about that. Like I was a bad guy. Yeah. Hunter. I was a bad, like, all I did was, and I thought I was going to be a, you know, a, a retired Marine, like 20 years go, mm. just mm -hmm. go and, you know, do the world's work, you know, freedom's work. And when I, it's funny, I, one of my Marines, Lance Cantu, in fact. Did you know he was one of my Marines? No, that's fucking wild. For those of you who don't know, Lance Cantu is married to uh, the founder of BirthFit, who's yep. one of the sponsors of the show. Wow, crazy. Yes. This world is so small that we fucking swim in. It's crazy. It is. It is. And there's a – it's funny. Like a couple of those kids ended up doing really good things. Like Mike Richmond, he goes by the Marine Richmond, bare-knuckle fighter. He was a UFC – well – uh, MMA kind of kid. He uh -huh. was in the platoon, but like Lance will tell you that we used to train differently. Right. Cause I come from, I, I come from the wrestling world. And then when I got to working up for deployments, it was kind of like, I hadn't found CrossFit yet. And it was like, 
all right, so we're going to ground fight, tire flip, do kinds of that, that kind of stuff. Lance was the one that was like, hey, sir, you got to check out this CrossFit thing. Oh, and no like, shit. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, and he was formidable. I think Lance went to the games at least once. Oh, yeah. He was super fit, you know, and I'm like, okay, this kid's fit. So I go check it out. I remember going to CrossFit.com and there was one day where they had this dude go. He was on a like jungle gym, like red, blue, green kind of jungle gym on a small little bar that was clearly made for a kiddo. And it was a video on the dot com. And I click on this thing and the dude's on his knees, on, like in the wood chips and he does a pull up. It goes right past it, straight up into like a bar oh. muscle up. No, I kidding. remember that video. It's it, it, it was the worst video in the world, right? It was Terrible. like this yeah. 240 shot on a flip phone. I watched Terrible. that thing a thousand times. I was like, like what the shit. fuck am I watching? Yeah I, yeah. I went out to the pull up bars. Now I was in my camis. I go out to the pull up bars and I try to even get my chest up to the bar. And I yeah. was like, holy shit. So I started doing these workouts. And again, long story short, I took it to, I took it to the infantry training battalion and I was just basically like, it was com. It was a blog and I'm just following this stuff. I'm just like, this is cool workouts or whatever. Why did you accept him? If you were, if you were in charge, why did you accept Lance's? Um, I mean, like, like look, that, or? I look a good, a good leader in my mind, like you have respect for the people you, you lead, you know what I mean? And he's, He's a Lance Corporal, right? I'm I'm at the time way in a ranking system way above him. But like the truth is, is like Marines that love you, you know, or whoever, people that love you, they want to know that like you're one of them. And so like I didn't, I I didn't, and hopefully they would say the same thing, but like I didn't carve myself out as being an officer and them Marines. Like I kicked in the doors with these kids, you know, I was always up in the front with them. And like that's they want that from their leaders and they know when the decisions need to be made, who makes the decision, but like no good, no good leader is, is, is out and making themselves special, right? Like you are one of them. And I always say like loyalty up requires loyalty down. And you always have to be looking at those, looking at it that way, right? Care about your people, you know, listen to your people. They bring a ton of resources and, and, and ideas and all that kind of stuff. So like, when Lance brought that to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to check this out. Next thing you know, I'm in a school setting and I'm training all of my Marines with CrossFit. And it was like, we have companies of 300, 400 kids. And I'm like, all right, I know that my infantry guys are going to this range on this day. I mean, I have the program of instruction laid out in front of me. I know my machine gunners are going to this range on this day. I know my, my rocket men are going to this range on this day. I put a program together, all CrossFit workouts that I programmed. We put sandbags and tires and all this stuff on these ranges. And when the kids are sitting around smoking and joking, it was like they were required to do some workouts. So I got a call in my office at one point from Colonel Brian McGuire, who yeah, I have a enormous amount. I remember him. In fact, I, I keep in touch with him. He's, he's a very professional, um, respected Marine. Um, and he's over at, at training and education command, especially on the force fitness side. He's got an enormous amount of experience. Him and Greg have an enormous amount of respect for each other. He calls me up and he's like, and I'm in my office, like writing fit reps or something. And he's like, Hey, Captain Letchford. And I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, this is Colonel McGuire. And I'm like, Oh shit, I did something wrong. Like, 
captains don't get full bird colonel calls regularly in their office. I'm like, oh no. He's like, headquarters Marine Corps. I'm like, oh shit. He goes, what's your Fran time? And wow. I, and I'm like, huh? He goes, what's your Fran time? And I tell him, and I can't remember what I told him, uh, but he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, hey, we're seeing the numbers that are coming back from, from um, SOI out there, specifically your company. And we heard you're doing CrossFit. I'm like, I am. And he's like, he's like, you want to tell me about it? I tell him what I did and all that stuff. He's like, we want to send you to a seminar. And I'm like, okay. I, I didn't even know what a seminar was. Wow. I've never like, heard this story. This is wild. Oh yeah. He goes, I want to send you on a seminar. And I'm like, huh? And he's like, yeah, we'll fly you up to Gagetown, Canada. We'll fly up to Gagetown and you know, you, you'll go to this seminar Come back, write a report, give it to headquarters Marine Corps. We'd like to know there'll be a couple other Marines up there from the East Coast. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Shusko, who is um, one of the founding fathers of the McMap program, Marine Corps Martial Arts program. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. So I hang up the phone, I call Madeline, and she's, I'm like, hey, babe, like they're going to send me to the seminar. She's like, what's that? And I'm like, like, because CrossFit seminar, they're going to fly me up there. And she's like, okay, let me get this straight. So you spend most of the days in the field um, with your Marines, and then they're going to fly you up on the weekend, and you're going to go to the seminar for that crazy shit you're doing where you're, like, swinging the kettlebell and running out the double doors. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she thought I was nuts at the time. Nuts. Because, you know, area the, the gym that we had, it had, like, the double gym doors. So you, like, mm -hmm. the double doors and then another set of double doors, and I'm, like, swinging the things in the gym and then I'm running out and running around the building and then opening the doors to come back in. She thought I was nuts. Um, but I, I went up there and I met Greg. In fact, this is the funny thing, right? Madeline knows me as James, you know, I grew up, you know, Jim or no, everybody called me Jimmy. And it was kind of one of those things when you grow up as a Jim or a Jimmy, you like, Jimmy makes you feel like you're a little kid, you know? So it was always Jim. You know, and then I introduced myself and then when in the military, it's like Letch for James. So I introduced myself to my wife as James. She calls me James. My name tag, I was, they put me front and center in front of Greg. Uh -huh. And right. They had all these rows or whatever. And the funnier thing is that Air Canada lost all my gear. So I had, I had to go into the, um, Nicole and Dave and all of them remember it too. I had to go into the lost and found stuff in. <laughs> well, I had a size, like no kidding size, medium pair of shorts that were uh -huh. like color red, a awesome. medium Oakland Raiders shirt and a pair of Ugg boots on. Uh, wow. Wow. And so they started in the back introducing themselves. Everyone had to stand up and introduce themselves. Cause it was like all these gauge town army guys, special forces, dudes, Marines, and I was like probably second to last because we came to the center and introduced, like I had to stand up, stand up in these like nut huggers and everything <laughs> yeah. and introduce myself. I didn't know who Nicole was. I didn't know who Dave was. I didn't know who Andy was. I didn't know who Greg was, you know? In fact, like I honestly looked at Nicole and like, what do they have this girl here for? Right. Like, right. CrossFit. Right. Like yeah. what is she doing here? And then I, you know, so fast forward, I stand up. I'm like, hey, my name's James. Like this, I like, give my background or whatever. And I'm like, 
and Air Canada lost my stuff. And everyone's like, oh, cool. Because I'm looking at me like, what is this guy wearing? <laughs> and uh, everybody, like Air Canada is known for losing everybody's stuff, right? So anyway, fast forward, you know, I later find out that why Nicole was there. She smoked these dudes in the overhead squat thing. Like right. she was in on like the demos and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, I get it, right? Yeah. So I meet Greg and he's like, kid, I like you. Let's keep in touch. And a couple months. Even later, with the outfit, even with the outfit, he liked you. My, my stuff came in the last day. My of stuff course. came in the last day. Um, but I came out of there and he's like, let's keep in touch. And I'm like, okay. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even know there was a business around this. Right. And as I was considering getting out, Greg and I were talking. He's like, Hey, a kid, I want you to come work for me. And I'm like, okay, what would I do? And he's all, he's like, look, I can't really pay you right now, you know, but eventually we can, you know, and he's like, why don't you train for me? So I got on the seminar staff, Operation Phoenix, CrossFit store, sponsorship. You went to the games too. Didn't you go to the games? I went to the games. Yep. 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 2008, nine. Yeah. And that's right. I, God, that's so long ago. I forgot you were in charge of all that shit. The <laughs> store, the Reebok deal. And, yep. and you were still in, Hey, w w when did you finally get out of the Marines? And was it kind of like what Dave did too? Like, how did you, how hard was that decision when you're, you're, you're obviously having success in the Marine Corps and was it the job of CrossFit that pulled you out? You're like, fuck, I got to make this decision. Yeah, it was, it was a tough decision, right? Because I'll tell you, that was that the decision though? Like if CrossFit wasn't there, would you just, it just would have just no, kept going? I'll tell you, this is a really wild story. And like, when I was, so you come up on like a time where you have to make this decision at the time it was called augmenting in the Marine Corps and you come up and far enough out, they're going to, they want to know, are you staying or are you going? Right. Because there's a lot of things that go into that. Where are you going? You have what's called a monitor and I'm an infantry officer. And the monitor is a guy who sits above you and he knows all the infantry officers in the entire Marine Corps. And he knows that Letchford's coming from his B billet, which is some time off from deploying. And what they're going to do is they're going to go Letchford chest piece goes here. You're going to this unit, right? So I'm coming up on this, the end of my contract five years, and you have to decide whether or not like you want to do this. And this is where officers get really cold feet, right? Because you like what we have an enormous amount of responsibility, you know, especially at the time you're, you've got, you know, like a lot of things are written in blood, right? I mean, this is, this is, this is freedom's work. And, but how's that translate to the outside world? Like in a lot of ways, like at that five year mark is probably that you're at the pinnacle of it because after you do that, it's just bigger, bigger, bigger kind of um, responsibilities around killing bad guys, you know? So there's like, it doesn't branch out from there. So at that five year mark is where a lot of Marines like really need to make a decision. So I start to get cold feet and I augment and I go on what's called a Marine online and I put in my preferences and I email a monitor, right? So four or five months go by and Greg, and I were talking and he was like, dude, I want you to do this. And we, Madeline and I like knew what the next five, 10 years were going to look like. It was deploy, you know, keep going down range and everything. I'd lost a bunch of friends, lost some of my own Marines. And it was kind of like, 
you were overseas and you lost your own you 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 were in fights where you lost like you deployed somewhere with a bunch of dudes you were in charge of and you didn't come home with all of them that's right yeah holy shit lance knows some of these people you know holy shit um yeah you were and you were in these fights with them yeah yeah holy shit yeah i mean it's look this is the this is this is what we've all forgotten you know yeah yeah, day. yeah, i don't want to get into too many politics or whatever but you know we just lost two seals this week right and like these are guys we we lost two seals right and and it's like we don't Dave got emotional dude Dave did a uh, weekend review and you could tell that he was uh disturbed even though he hasn't been in in fucking 10 years you could tell he was he was rat I never seen him like that actually rattled like that dude like this kind of thing rattles me more now than it did then right it's kind of like one of those things right the the Afghanistan pullout that rattled me a lot and I've never been in Afghanistan but I'll tell you what it like meant to me right because on I'll, at that seminar that and then I was talking about at Gagetown, I yeah. got Greg pulled me aside. Greg and Andy pulled me aside. My wife Madeline rode into customer service at CrossFit.com and said, James needs to call home. And was that pre-cell phone? That was no, there was uh there were cell phones, but I didn't have one in uh yeah. in in uh Canada. And I called home and and uh, they pulled me into a room and they and I called home and she told me that my my best friend Travis died. He was killed in Iraq and I just I had just seen him. You know, I've and it was like this was the time, right? This was these were that was in the middle of the seminar. They fucking told you that. Yep. And so that guy, Travis, right there, I wrestled with him um, at the Naval Academy. He's a great person. That guy, Brendan Looney. Was my he? I was his squad leader at the Naval Academy, so he's a SEAL. Um, his bird rolled over in Afghanistan. He was killed in action. His brother Steve Looney was actually, who's also a SEAL, was in my squad at the Naval Academy, and so those two were actually roommates um, at the academy as well. But anyway, like this was the time, right? This was the this is what we. This was normal, right? But up back to the seals this week, it's like this is this is the cost of our freedom. You know what I mean? And that's like these documents right here behind me, like there's just so much like I don't know. I'm gonna go down a political route that I probably shouldn't, but I'm just saying that like, you know, there is a lot that goes into making sure that everybody has the ability in the United States of America to say what they want to, to rest their head at night and know that someone's not going to come knocking on their door, kicking in their door and taking your wife and children and murdering them in front of you. Right. Like, right. Right. We're not used to that. That's that happens in other places. And it's men that, you know, like Dave, like the two seals that just, you know, passed, you know, defending other people's freedom, because I'll tell you that we don't want what happens in other countries to be on our front doorstep. You know, we don't want them standing at our borders right now, you know. So the border issue freaks you out like it freaks me out. It freaks me out. It freaks me out a lot. Um, Yeah, the border issue is crazy. You know, and I'm not saying, look, we're all immigrants to this country, you know. Absolutely. We we just need to do this proper. Right. Properly. And uh, it's not happening 
proper right now. And the amount of military age men that are standing on that border right now are concerns me a lot too. But again, I don't want to go. It's kind of, are you in the national guard? I am in the reserves. What's the difference between the reserves and the national guard? Um, so the, the, the reserves is a department of defense, um, mechanism, you know, I don't know, lever they can pull the national guard is technically a state, um, asset. Now okay. there are things that can be maneuvered around to change that, but what you're seeing with Greg Abbott in Texas at this moment, like he is activating his national guard and that national Caleb, are you in national guard or reserve Caleb national guard? Oh, okay. Am I saying this right, Caleb? Yep, that sounds right. There's like a, I think it's like Title Nine and Title Ten. That's the difference. That's too per, too specific. But yeah, you're correct. Good to see so you. So the National Guard, me. the kind of the governor has control over, and the reserves are the federal government has control over. But it's kind of the same thing. Meaning you were former mill guys, or, or I guess you don't even have to be a former mill guy, but you're 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 more of a weekend warrior as opposed to living living it day in and day out. Yeah, yeah, you could use it that way. But there again, there's other. Were, Why do you were, do that, Jimmy? Why are you still doing that? I I, I went back in in 2019 because I was just I didn't know what what I was going to do with CrossFit. You know, um, at the end of the day, it sounds cliche, but I missed leading Marines, being yeah. around Marines. You know, even though I'm probably the oldest captain in the Marine Corps right now, um, and all my buddies are like lieutenant colonels, my yeah. peers, whatever. It's just. There's something very special about a, a, a young man, you know, because I lead, I went to fourth force recon and I'm with very established, you know, Marines, right? You're talking guys who have been in for a long time. They're very capable. We do very dangerous things, you know, and the, the Marine Corps trusts them. I'm now a commander at an infantry unit where you're talking about 19, 20 year old kids that are willing to raise their hand and go out and we were out this week in the snow freezing and shooting and training. Right. And there's something very special about a young man who's willing to raise his hand to do that. Right. That recognizes that doesn't fully understand, you know, what, what's going, you know, what could happen, but is willing to be out there and, and, and put their, you know, go into the arena. If you will. When, when you're interviewing for the job at GORUCK, are they like, um, hey, you're going to have to quit that. We can't have you get um, deployed no. or we can't have no. you fucking end up in the board. No, they don't. They're cool no. with it. They, I mean, look, these are these are these are our people, my people. Right. Like these wow. are these are the all go- of service. Jason, Jason's an SF guy. He enlisted after 9-11 because he wanted some. And wow. his wife is a former CIA case officer. I am, you know, my VP of operations with was with. 10th Mountain Division. We have a cadre that runs our events of a hundred and hundred and so SF guys, Ranger Battalion guys, um, Force Reconnaissance Marines. Like this is the the you know this is the backbone of what Go Ruck is. Um, and I'll tell you that until we went international, which we are. In fact, we launched the European site in about seven days. Oh, and congrats, are, dude. Congrats. Yeah, crazy. We, we've always said we build better Americans, right? And we do that through communities. We do that through these very, very, very similar to a CrossFit gym. We have ruck clubs. These are miniature churches. These are the people that are you're rucking with and you're standing around the cooler with at the end. And then you're also asking them to watch your kids or move your furniture 
all the things you you and I are very used to in the CrossFit community, right? And that's why like we feel like it's a natural fit for us to be in this ecosystem. Yeah. These are our events, right? So we do a lot of challenge. We're, we're redoing this website, by the way. But for those who like want to have a really good time and want to challenge themselves, we have everything from level one to level 10, meaning like 150 miles. My God. Yeah. Short, short courses and short events, like one to two hours, 100% success. Do rate. kids do them, Jimmy? Like, like yeah, the 5K. Yeah. Do I do that with oh, my yeah. son, with my three oh, sons? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You can totally do that. Um, I, I want to go, I want to go back to you getting out. So then, so then what happened? So, so, so I augmented, I put all the, pay, I did it. I, I did that in the MOL Marine online. And I told the monitor four months later, I'm starting to have doubts. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing with CrossFit, like my personal growth and Greg and I are just still talking, you know, and you know how personal Greg is. Yep. Like, yep. Greg can make anyone feel like they're the only person in his room. Absolutely. I mean, at the suite at the games, or it doesn't matter where, like mm-hmm. he and 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 I just started having a great relationship with him. And he's like, I'd like for you to come work for me. And at the same moment, I get a call from the monitor. And the same moment is like a moment in time, if you will. I get a call from my monitor. He's like, Letchford, what the fuck? What are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, you, you haven't augmented yet. You haven't even said, I'm like, sir, I augmented on MOL and I did it. I sent an email to the old monitor and he goes, well, we don't have any record of it. He's like, and augmenting have- means that you were going to continue. Yeah. And like, once you lock in, you are locked in. Yeah. And yeah. he says to me, he says, you have one week to get it in. And I went home to Madeline and I was like, babe, what do you think? I was like, I honestly, I believe God, that's it. a sign, right? That's a sign. Yeah. And that's I a fucking sign. Exactly. And I was like, God is telling us something right now. And she's like, yes. She's like, let's get out. And so I did at that moment. And at the time I'm hustling around trying to find a job. I have friends that have lined me up with Johnson and Johnston and Ernst Young and Goldman Sachs, all these, like what you're supposed to be doing, right? Like, I got an economics degree from the Naval Academy. I'm going to go be an investment banker. I'm going to get rich. And I'm like, here we go. Let's go. You know, like, you know, I love the core, but I'm, I'm on to the next thing. And I'm right, right, right. at you that You did moment. your service and now you're ready to take care of your family. Yeah. And now I'm 28 years old. I've been in the combat, you know, you know I, I've, I, I've had responsibility and now I'm a young buck full of piss and vinegar and I'm talking to Greg and I remember telling my dad, I'm like, pop, he's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I think I'm going to go work for CrossFit. And he's like, what? He's like, <laughs> he's like, what? He's like, you got, you've got all this opportunity with these major investment banks and you're going to go work for a fitness fad. Yeah. Exercise like, company. Yeah. I go, dad. Uh, and there's, I don't know, 50 gyms, hundred gyms at the time. And he's like, he's like, you're going to go do that with all the degrees and stuff. I was like, dad. I think it's going to be big one day. Like, I think this is going to be really big and <laughs> fast forward five, six, seven years. He's an affiliate. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. It was, it was, it was just a magic. Yeah, that shows point. some real support from your parents. Yeah. They always have, man. They always have, they're at a part of a rec club right now, you know, like, but 
and they met Greg and they always talk like Greg and my dad text back and forth, you know, and Greg always asked me, Hey, how's Jed and Ginger? And like, you know, he's like, I love those people kind of thing. But, you know, it was, it was, it was a major moment, but I, I'll tell you all the way back to my respect for Greg is like, I, he, I got no experience in anything that he gave me. Right. Anything. I didn't have any experience in anything he gave me either. He just believed he, in you and you went. Yeah. And what, think about the hodgepodge group of individuals we, we were, you know, but you know, all what's crazy too. I never doubted anyone to my right and left either. Like I, the team was always eminently capable. I was, it was never like, well, what the fuck does um, Sevon know about making a movie or what does Jimmy know about running an online store? We just got shit done. Yeah, that's right. And, and murdered. Hey, I ran into John Wellborn, by the way, just the oh, other day. How is he? Holy shit. Yeah. He is awesome. I, I don't know what, like, cause I'm thinking about your every second counts and I yeah, remember, yeah. you know, the, the DVD and the distribution yeah. and some of the, you know, I have uh, boxes of those still sitting around my office. <laughs> DVDs. well that was awesome man like that set the standard for all these documentaries going forward where did man. you see john at how is he doing so i was at an event in uh in austin forever strong this past weekend this forever strong event where i met some amazing people by the way and i'm talking to this guy yako who is in tim tim kennedy's camp and he was yako's a third degree black belt amazing individual like you look at him and you're like if you don't know who someone dangerous is you would just be like oh that, okay but i know what dangerous people look like and that's right one right thing. and but he's super humble he's the head of security for five finger death punch he was security for this event because they live right there anyway we're just shooting them you know back and forth in comes this monster of a man. And I look and I'm like, John comes right over to me. I haven't seen him in 10 years and he yeah. looks amazing. He is, he's one of the most intelligent dudes I've ever, I've ever had an interaction with. And he's training. I mean, he's, he's um, doing strength. He's a, he's a blue belt at this moment. No shit. Yeah. Crazy scary. Wow. Um, and he, and he does a lot of the strength and conditioning for six blades you know, for Zhangji and Solo and the, the crew down in the Austin area, right? So he's got some really, really, um, really, really good practitioners down in in his world, right? But he's he's doing great. We're going to reconnect and everything here soon. What's he What's he doing? Is he running a business? Does he still have a, a training academy? Is he still training? I think so. We didn't get to really like rap, but he texted me afterwards. We're supposed to do a call here soon, but like. I introduced him. I'm like, man, this is John Wellborn, like Eagles, Chiefs, tackle. That's one of those individuals from the NFL that like was smart, invested his money, went out. He's got a master's in education. Humble enough to get into the CrossFit games. Yeah. And here's a dude that was like, what? What was he? 6'5", 250, running maybe up that hill. That hill. bigger than Maybe bigger than 250, dude. Maybe closer to three. Well, he looks He's massive. 235 and ripped and healthy right now, man. Wow. He looked great. But I'll tell you, that was the worst workout I've ever done in CrossFit, hands down. Which the, was. The carry the bag and run up the hill? or No, that was the years. Those were two years. That was one or two years later. And You're in 08 when you ran I'm around. I'm talking the about the loop and then back up and down. The one where uh, the wheels came off the bus for Josh Everett and he just crumbled like a crumble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and Wellborn crashed there, too. Everybody crashed. 
That was, yeah, that, was that was the year you had th- there were three workouts, you remember? And you got to pick what order it was. And yeah, I didn't pick the right order. <laughs> just tell you that. <laughs> that was uh, terrible. Jeremy World, really loving Jimmy's story. I will spend my next paycheck on Go Ruck Apparel. Ah, oh, thanks, Jeremy. I didn't know it was going to be live, Jeremy. I thought like Sevon and I were going to do this and goof off and then he'd cut it. You could have. Never. Never. <laughs> um what what so um, tell me what happened um how did you um end up reunite reuniting with uh crossfit so you land you land at uh go rug there's so many i gotta have you on again so we can talk about more fill in more holes of the story we're at 96 minutes but tell me about how um so, so you're the president of GORUCK, and who calls who? Do you call Dave? Does Dave call you? Can you tell me how that relationship yeah, began I, I, and how it got to where it is today yeah, and, kind of, and what the relationship actually is? I don't really know, except I just know that you now are somehow yeah. affiliated with the games in a big way. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you. It kind of – it starts when I was actually at CrossFit. So you remember the year we did the GORUCK um, event and, you know – there's, is that the year like um, the Fraser was there and like one fell out of his pack or something? Correct. That was okay, yeah, okay, I remember that. that was okay, the year. Okay. And like Jason and I met there, and it's funny, this comes full circle. Jason was wearing a TMF shirt, Travis Mannion Foundation. Oh, the guy that I was telling you about, his family started a foundation. I'm still extremely close with the family. I help them out um, to any capacity I can. But he was wearing a TMF shirt, and he was standing with Dave, I think. That part doesn't matter. But I was like, hey, like Travis was a, a great friend of mine. Thanks for your support. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, my name is Jimmy. And he's like, I'm Jason. And anyway, he's like, you know, Ryan. And I'm like, like Ryan's a sister to me. Uh, Ryan Mannion is runs the Travis Mannion Foundation at this point. He's like, really? So Jason takes a selfie, sends it to Ryan. And she's like, no way. So Jason and I end up keeping. Oh, talking. Ryan's a girl. Ryan's a girl. Ryan's a girl. Yep. I was wondering why you said like a sister to me. I was yes, like, sorry. Yeah, Ryan. Man, <laughs> yeah, female. All right. Um, All right. Very successful female too. Like beautiful and just. I mean, she's a force. But like, he sends a picture. She's like, no way. So Jason and I keep in touch, right? I hadn't known Jason before before then, and he's just like, hey, what do I like? What's the success? Like, what do you define as success and how are you successful in the CrossFit space? I was like, well, defining success in the CrossFit space is very difficult. You know, it's easy for some of these brands that, you know, come for a land grab or like to snatch and grab kind of thing. And that's not how you're successful in the community. Right. And he goes, well, what what would you do? And I was like, you got to keep showing up. You got to you just got to keep showing up. And it's not about it's not about like all the things that make it look like they're the things, you know, you got to keep showing up. you got to be a part. That is the key. You have to be a part of the community because this community is like no other in, in that they recognize who is them and who is not. And so we kept talking over the years and he was like, Hey, as I was getting ready to leave CrossFit for my own personal reasons, it was just like, Hey, I want to try some new things. I feel like I've got some, growth to be had left on great terms with Greg. I drove up to Santa Barbara and sat with him and he was like, kid, I understand. I hope I get to back, get you back. And it was just really healthy. Um, when I did that, Jason's like, I'd like for you to do some more with, with, uh, go rock. And I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, come and be on our board of advisors. Right. And 
I went to a board of advisors meeting and the next thing you know, it, it started like, Hey, we got to do more with you. What year was that, Jimmy? That would have been 2000, end of 2019. Okay. End of 2019. And I started doing some more with them and they're like, let's get you on contract and bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where we're like, Hey, full time. And I'm like, great. Like, I love this. And I did some other contracts and I just didn't, I didn't, it wasn't me, you know, it was successful and I was doing really well financially, but I'll tell you that it, I just wasn't excited when I woke up. I know it sounds cliche. No, no. Dreading, dreading getting on calls with some of these groups and stuff. And I was just like hating life. And I wasn't with GORUCK. So when I went full time over there, it was kind of like, all right, here we are. Like, this is it. And we kept showing up in the CrossFit space and things. And what was your position that, so you went from being on the advisory board and then what was your first full-time position there? I was the chief growth officer. So okay. dry, it was basically, and that, that is a real term. It's like, you're responsible for driving top line revenue, right? Opportunities, all the partnerships, you know, you, you name it. If it, if it contributes to the top line, that's your kind of role. Right. Okay. Um, and that's kind of where, sales and marketing and all those things kind of collide. Um, and so recently got recently seven or eight months ago, got promoted to the president. And okay. So you went straight from there. You went from chief, chief growth officer to the president. I actually had an additional, so growth officer and marketing officer at the time, you know, okay. to kind of tighten up some of our marketing initiatives. There's really kind of to glue some of the things together. Um, but then now it's president. So I oversee a lot of those things still, all of that comes to this, right? We continue to keep showing up at CrossFit space, in CrossFit world. And we're doing it the way GoRock does it authentically. You know, big initiative was like, hey, let's put rocks on people's back. Like, no, we're direct to consumer brand. We need to make sure that, you know, put these things on people's back and make them understand, help them understand what the quality is of our gear so that they, you know, that they'll want to be our customers, part of our brand. We were doing that for two years. We were at the games, did really well the first year. This last year, we were at the games. And the booth was crazy this year at the games, by the way. Crazy, really crazy. Well. And, and the way you had the rucks laid out with the American flag sewn in, yeah. oh, that was fucking, that was, a, that. I just would walk by there as fast as I could. That was like a candy <laughs> store. I was like, Sevy, don't go in yeah. there. Don't go in there. And like, there, was, there was word that, you know, CrossFit was going to go a different direction and everything. And a year and a half ago, we were talking. Jason and I flew up, talked with Don, and it wasn't. This was not. Oh, was early not, on, you would you would you already yeah, talked with Don, like right we when he were, landed. In, like, in, okay, yeah, we and like, um, and you're talked, obviously close with Dave. I mean, like, like, yeah, Dave might even be in your favorites, like that close, like yeah, for sure. You can I, call I David mean, twenty four hours a day. I don't think Dave has favorites. No, well, you're he. No, no, no one's in his favorites, but he yeah. might. He's in my favorites. Oh, that was a terrible day that we did, Chad. Yeah, God, 2018, crazy. Look at Adrian's hair, slick. Yeah, okay, we, so so yeah. early early on when Don took over, you 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 knew him, and you're like, hey, Jason, let's go meet with my homie Don. He's now the CEO of CrossFit. Well, it was not entirely like that. The partnership team, you know, there was some new people at the partnership team, and like you know, throughout the time they were like, would you be interested? And we're like, yeah, we'd be interested. But that team at the time was like, really, you know, they were doing what they should be trying to drive revenue for the games and things like that. So we were in the conversations and they put something in front of me and I was kind of like, I was kind of like, look, you know, like 
I used to be in your role, you know, like, right. Right. I, you know, like in fact, I kind of, started- you know, the ins and outs of CrossFit probably in all honesty, better than 99% of the people who work there. I mean, that's not, I'm not discounting anyone, but we were yeah. fucking me and you were like in the basement. Yeah. I think, I think so too. Yeah. You know? We were in the engine and, room. We saw it all. Timing was a really big thing for us, you know, and like our opportunities were there, but like, yeah, you're right. And they, you know, there was, they put something in front of us. I'm like, look, we'll just keep doing what we're doing on, you know, mm-hmm. we'll keep being a part of the community. No, thank you. And, um, and that was the plan. And we got to the games this past year and we just showed up like, let's do it. Very go rough. And for, for those and, of you who don't know the, the I just want to just throw this out there. The biggest contract in the history of CrossFit ever signed. Uh, Jimmy was the linchpin there. Jimmy was the liaison between CrossFit and Reebok who was owned by Adidas and this was a multi, multi hundred million dollar agreement. Oh, and yeah. Jimmy and Jimmy was the one that got Matt O'Toole and Greg in the room, you know, a dozen times together to make it happen. So when that's he that. says he's been there, done that, Jimmy's like, he knows that. Um, and, and and that's probably why he probably hates being in some of those meetings because he he knows everything from the bullshit to the sincere shit. So I just wanted yeah. to let people. I know, also okay. though like I'm not like I don't. You're right in, in a lot of that stuff. I also like. I really give a shit about the success of CrossFit. I'm right, gonna right, table, right. table what happened to my friend, you know, and someone who I have a lot of admiration for that gave us a chance and everything. All that right. aside, there are well, it's his life work too. Let's not forget CrossFit is his life work. I, I don't yeah. you're not betraying Greg by any means. Yeah, no, by, I mean, um by saying um you care about CrossFit. I mean it's his fucking No, life I know, work. I know that. And I called yeah, Greg yeah. up and I was like, Hey, yeah. we're gonna do a deal. And he's and he was he was genuinely happy for me. Us, yep, go yep, of course, he was, yeah. You know him. Yeah. That's yeah. but anyway, like you know, I really besides Don, besides Dave, besides Nicole, besides the hundreds of people I saw on the conference call when they announced it and that were chatting, like besides all those people, that I have hundreds of friends that are CrossFit affiliates, and right, and you were an affiliate owner for a long time. I was an affiliate owner, affiliates. yeah. Yeah, for 10, 11 years. And like, I know what it's like to be an affiliate. And like, so when we approached this, I was just like, hey, well, yes, I know what's Noble's, you know, hemorrhaging at this moment, right? And 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 Mike and Marcus are good people. You know, I just, they got way far out in front of their skis, you know, over their skis. And it's it's unfortunate, right? And I, whatever, that's gonna, that'll take the course it's supposed to take. But like, when we started talking about being a partner with CrossFit this past year, um, like this last games time season came very fast. And we were just like, look, we will do this very differently. We believe, and so does CrossFit, believe that CrossFit needs a different partner in this world. They're so used to what I use with my team and even with the CrossFit team is, you know, all those years in Wisconsin, it was like, there's the big Reebok booth rogue right across the street you know there it is 2001 two three four five six all these years and then what happened new sponsor noble right there same thing you know and i'm just like look we're not going to be that like we are going to be a part of the community we're not there to pedal shoes we're not there to pedal rucks we're there to be a great partner to the community and i don't know entirely what that looks like but i know it's not going to be you know 75 people that don't know the go rock brand 
with their earpiece on running to get some oh, right. Calves, right. You know, right. and restocking the noble or the, you know, the shirts and all that stuff. That's not us. By the way, those little things mattered. It, um, that was re- I, as much. I did love the Reebok tent. I was, it was like a candy store, but it was ruined by the fact that it was non CrossFitters working there. Yeah. It was fucking ruined by that. It was yeah. just like, th- you could tell like they didn't, they were, they didn't give a shit. Yeah. And like, yeah, so for us, shit. Yeah. we're going somewhere new. I will be out next week in Texas and we're looking at like, how do we flip this on its head? You know, that's how we do things. We're very, very different. And, and, and it's really like, you know, like besides the business model of trying to stand up a half a million dollar booth to pedal shoes to like, you know, it's just not us. Right. We'll show people, up. people do. I, 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 I do want to say this. I do want to go to the CrossFit games and come home with, and I do want to purchase a, a, a you know, like the one of a kind go ruck 2004 we'll ruck. You know what I mean? I want to purchase yeah. the, I do want to see the shoes that Colton Mertens is wearing. The, the, and, and I want to like get those shoes. I want yes. to, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's, um, it's, it's fun doing that. You know, I, I know I shit on Disneyland all the time, but when I go there, I don't mind buying the $27 thing that blows bubbles. That's worth like yeah. 80 cents in China mm-hmm. so that my kid can have the. Yeah. The Disneyland. Exp- yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's part of it, right? It is. It is we'll make sure is, that happens. It is fun to get. Yeah. The, yeah. We'll make it sure is. that happens. It'll look a lot different than it has in the past, which is us. awesome. And it's yeah. unique. And like, we're still sussing that out. Um, but like we are well, the athletes there be wearing a shirt that said like when they call out in the games call, jerseys and stuff right now, that will look a it, lot different. That will so, look so, so the, the athletes are going to be wearing go ruck stuff. Yeah. Just similar to how the other ones were where like there's a, there's a uniformity that's uh, oh, required awesome. for broadcasting. Awesome. It will look, awesome. little, it will look a lot different. Um, yeah. in a good way. Yeah. we're working yeah. through some of that stuff right now. You know, we're, People are like, you know, are you guys going to make make other the games athletes wear this, that, and the other thing? Like, no, like, you know, we want to be a part of the community, right? We want to be a part, like, we want to make sure that, you know, what we've developed around the semifinals, which I don't know has been announced just yet, like, is a unique relationship that CrossFit's never seen before. Oh, um, excited. CrossFit, the community. And I'll tell you why. And CrossFit HQ needs a lot of kudos on this. And I'm going to take this to go gets a lot of kudos on this because this is a move, not for CrossFit HQ and it's not a move for go And that's going to be very clear. It's for the community. It's going to make, it's going to ensure that those semifinals have the ability to be very successful for both the brand and the individuals that have been shelling out a lot of their own cash to make sure that that, you know, keeps, it stays alive. Can you give me a hint? Can you give me a hint? Um, we have a partner that some would be considered what, like it'd be very easy to, um, to look at that and be like, those people are competitive with GoRuck. And from a category standpoint, they are, um, but they're good people and they've, um, they've made a deal for, um, the semifinals that is, um, that will be very beneficial and CrossFit seriously CrossFit is, should like, this is a great move for the community. Great move. But I, I don't want to, I don't want to. Is it rising tides of uh, rise all ships? That's is exactly that what it is. That's exactly what it is. And we are going to make sure that that continues to happen. Um, with hey, um, would you personally be in Carson? 
Uh, it's not in Carson. It's Texas. No, sorry, the semifinals. Uh, probably. Okay. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I'm gonna try to go there. I'm trying to. I'm gonna try to go there. Did Did you know that they let me do the behind the scenes last year? Oh yeah, I saw you running around. Yeah, it's yeah. murdering, dude. It is it. I remember you telling me the model. I released it behind a paywall right now. And, and, and you know, I would tell you something else. It, 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 talk about giving kudos to HQ. So they have a policy that when you go there and film, you're not allowed to release any of it for uh, commercial use. Yeah. So I filmed it all. It, it's expensive, you know, probably $60,000 to get it all done in, in package. And then I asked, I, I met with Don and Dave and I said, Hey, how about letting me recoup some of my cost? I'll, I'll put it behind a, um, a paywall for two months and then the two weeks leading up to the open i'll release one every single fucking day up until then and they said yeah so you know what i did and you'll appreciate this i made sure i made a level one commercial and an open commercial they didn't even ask for it just you know yeah. just like just trusting each other scratch my back i scratch your back. i put one in front of every single show i got athletes saying take join the open all it's so fucking cool but um it was a risky move on their part, right? To let me do that. And 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 I and I'm very close to recouping all my, my expenses from it. And uh, awesome. and then and then I'm gonna release it. It'll be the two weeks for the open. Yeah. So mad kudos. That's a that's a huge risk for them too, right? They could have just been like, no, Savon, you know that you can't release for a commercial. And I would have been cool with that too. I wouldn't have been upset. But the yeah. fact that they did this is now letting me be like, okay, now I got this money and I and I'm gonna go to semifinals now with it. I love it. You're yeah. gonna do it this year again? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do it again. Oh, beautiful. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to do semi. I'm gonna try to start doing all the behind the scenes as long as I don't fucking like open my big mouth and shoot myself in the foot. Yeah, you, you you'll be <laughs> you'll be fine. You got some top cover too. <laughs> okay, you know, well, I'm really I'm really fucking excited. I'm pumped. Yeah, it's gonna be a great year, man. And like I, I'll tell you that it it felt different when Dave came back last year. I mean, I'll of tell course. you, it yeah. felt different. And I had been at a couple games before that. You know, and like, he's a great leader, you know, and he is an anchor to the, uh, the OG world, right? It's just, yeah. kind of, he's an anchor to that. And this year is going to be even better, you know, and if, 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 look, there are, I'm going to say this very tactfully, right? Okay. Good there luck. are a lot of unsigned for you. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Cause I know where this could go, um, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Like there's a lot of people that just sit on the outside and just wait for moments to happen, right? They're not really in the arena. They just take pop shots, and it's that's not good for anybody. It's really not. Um, it's not good for the community. It's not good for the methodology. It's not good for any. It's it's just rhetoric, and it's it's just it shouldn't happen. Honestly, like this is a magical thing. Take you know this was always a unique thing because CrossFit is a brand. Like you look at the logo, it's a brand. It also, this is, you remember this, right? This was a, this is one of those things that was a difficult kind of a, it was difficult to really suss out and divide up, right? Cause you have the brand, right? Like what goes on a shirt and all that stuff. And like CrossFit was also like a verb, right? Like that person's CrossFitting in the corner. He's doing squats and running over to the pull-up bar. That's CrossFitting, right? And it's a sport, right? but it's the methodology, right? That's, that's the magic of it all. Right. And CrossFit HQ, whether or not it survives, I think it absolutely thrives, but whether or not there's still CrossFit, it's what Greg built and everything. And like when 
when people are on the outside taking pop shots at it, you know, on the decision that was made here, or what was done to make, you know, whatever be more healthy or have a stronger foundation or to, to do the things that people have been asking for, for a long time. Like those are tough decisions and mm -hmm. sitting on the, you know, in the cheap seats, you know, throwing rocks into the arena. It's just not, it's not how it should be. And, you know, and like, it's unfortunate those that they're, they're out there. Right. And anyway, I, I just need to get that out. Hey, so does, does, does Jason year. own, does Jason own go rock? All of it. Yeah. You sound like a guy that works for a company that's owned by a guy. Yeah. And, and they won't, there won't be outside money. There won't be an IPO. There won't be, you know, VC dollars. There won't be a sale. Like it's, there's something magical here that I'm, I feel honored to be a part of. Well, congratulations to go rock for, uh, acquiring one of the most stand-up dudes I've ever met. Uh, funnest guy I ever sat next to in the classroom for 15 years. I was excited to go to work every day because of Thank people you, like buddy. you, Jimmy. We, oh, look at – oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Why did you guys let me ride that bike? Why did someone tell me to cut my hair? What the fuck? You guys hated me. What am I wearing? You remember we rode from – oh, that's why I was drenched. This was uh... – it, this is Rich Alvarez. He's about to, he shot me a text the other day. This is, these are my friends that I was talking about. Richard Alvarez is I'm going to his, I'm going to his, I'm years. going to the reunion. Yeah. He I'm text, going to the reunion. me the other day. Now it's yeah. like on the, it's on my anniversary weekend. So I probably shouldn't, I should be uh, elsewhere. But Nothing like, better than Madeline wants to do than visit a gym in Southern yeah. California. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> you give that guy a hug. He's, he's great people. Yeah. Look at that. That's funny. God, my I got a fucking flat tire in the fucking ghetto there. Fuck, that was crazy. <laughs> Holy shit, you guys yeah. hated me. Look at me. What oh, am I dude, wearing that bike all folds up for all his uh, all all the uh, people that love Sevon. That bike folds up into like a suitcase. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> fold <laughs> he carried it around. <laughs> all right, this show's done. Hey, buddy, love you. Uh, come on anytime. Um, anything you ever uh, want to share, any stories, uh, anything I can do to help you with the Travis Mannion Foundation, anything I can help Thank you with you. Go Ruck. Love you to death. Uh, thanks Thank for doing this. Me. I know you're busy as shit, and you're always welcome, dude. Tell, and, and, and tell the team at Go Ruck, congratulations. Thanks, stud. Appreciate you. All right, dude. Love you, Jimmy Letchford. You too, brother. James Letchford. James Letchford. <laughs> Later. Bye-bye. Dang. I was hoping I, I could swing got, see that in. What? <laughs> Thanks, Caleb. I appreciate. Dang, I. That's kind of. I kind of miss. Uh, it, it really was like that. Like if we went to breakfast or lunch or dinner, I'd always try to sit by Jimmy. He was so good. Um, I get social anxiety. Like I don't want to meet new people, and it was my down. It was kind of probably my downfall. But he was so good at meeting new people. So he knew everyone. I wanted to ask him about that about networking. They call it networking, but it never felt like networking with him. He was just personable. He just talked to people, would get their phone numbers. Um, Frank, you said something interesting in here. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, Frank, um, I think there was zero risk and zero cost for them letting you release the behind the scenes. That way you're doing the job for them. I agree, but they could have um, ego-wise, but they had to get past their ego. But I do agree. I agree with you. I, I mean, it's an enormous win for them. I'm not like going to try to act humble 
Um, but but it still is an ego thing. They could have been like, nope, you can't. It's our sandbox. You can't play in it. But I agree, Frank. Uh, Keith Knapp, thank you for the kind words. Keep scratching, Sevy. Very much appreciate the love and support you've been giving us. Open L1 Hell Summit Affiliate Stories, all of it. Thanks, dude. Mike Halpin. I ruck every day, bought $125 in socks and accessories while watching this. Holy shit. All right. Look at you. Look at you. My dad loves their shoes. Yeah. Yeah, he buys all their shit. Uh, all right. I, um, I am organizing. Sorry. Caleb and I are organizing. Caleb doesn't know this yet. Maybe he does. Caleb and I and Souza and Will Brandstetter and Taylor and JR, the, the group at the Sevon podcast, <clears throat> are organizing what we call Friday night lights. And what it's, I don't know if it's really going to be called that. I don't know shit about that football. But basically, we're going to do Taylor against the world, Taylor self against the world. And on Thursday nights, uh, the open workouts will be released. And um, and then we'll do a post, we'll do a show after that, a live show. And then on Friday from CrossFit Charlotte, we will do a show. I'm guessing you'll have commentators like me and Grundler and Hiller and Tyler and the, the, the gang with John Young, of course, our senior analyst. How dare I forget him? And um, we will have uh, – it'll be Taylor against, you know, week one, uh, Jason Hopper. Week two, uh, Dallin Pepper. Week three, Colton Mertens. We, we don't have the athletes locked in yet. If you are an athlete – and, and we, we need a sponsor for it. We don't really need a sponsor for it, um, but it'd be nice to it would be nice to get a sponsor for it. Some you know someone who's like willing to take care of the minimal cost that's going to run this. But it is going to be dope. Um, we're going to get to see our very own Taylor self uh, put it all out on the line, and uh, th in, there's going to be it'll be uh, you saw the last show we did, fucking most beautiful, clear, fucking open workout i've ever seen and uh and it was taylor doing the wadapalooza workouts we'll add one or two cameras um i do believe from the little bit i've heard from taylor that it will be open to the public but you will have to turn your cell phone off and put it into a bag we will be collecting all the cell phones we don't want anything interfering with the signal in the room and even if you're not on the wi-fi we're hearing that the signals in the room are, are what's fucking everything up I, th I think we should get some Faraday bags. We'll put everybody's cell phone in a Faraday bag, and then oh, like, do they make a big one of those? You could probably turn them off yeah. and put them in a Faraday bag. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. um, it is going to be, it it is really going to be something cool and special. And I know you guys are ravenous, and I know you guys like to party um, and watch these guys do the workouts. So I'm I'm so excited that we're doing this, uh, doing this with you guys. But it'll be a three, two, one, go, and Taylor, Taylor against the world. And um, it's going to be great. If you are an athlete and you would like us to bring you there and you would like to participate, um, no schmoes. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Like you never, you never been to the games or you're not like crazy hot. Don't, don't, don't reach out. Um, but if you are hot and you are uh, and you've been to the games, you're good. Um, you're welcome to submit your hat in the ring. And uh 
and if you're a sponsor, I don't know. There's some hand, we would like it to be someone, <clears throat> um, who we can get behind. I, I honestly, um, we don't need a sponsor, but um, I think it would be an honor for any sponsor to do it. Um, I, I would want the sponsor to feel like they're honored to do it. So um, we've reached out to some people and they, you know, and they're kind of normal. They're like, well, we need to see your stats or your numbers. And I'm not, I don't really want to share any of that with someone, a, a sponsor. I want you to be like, oh, shit. Yeah, we know what the Sevon podcast is and what you guys are going to do. And uh, and we know you're a needle mover. So uh, if anyone wants to be a part of that, um, you, you know, we, we're not uh, the sponsorship is just to pay for the, you know, travel and, and shit like that. So hotel. So anyway, there's that. I'm really pumped about that. Uh, episode six is um, enormous. It's over an hour long. It's live now. Uh, everything 100% positivity. I'm so stoked that you guys like it. I really, really am stoked you guys like it. And uh, episode seven will not be coming out Wednesday. But seven, I paid for my membership. I need it. I need it. Episode seven is not coming out Wednesday. Instead, on Wednesday, members will be getting the Wadapalooza behind the scenes with Hopper, Dallin, and Ricky Mac. Hopper, Pepper, and Ricky Mac. And then on Friday, you will get episode seven of Behind the Scenes. And then, uh, and then we won't miss a beat, and we'll get back on month, Sunday night or Monday morning. Give you episode uh, eight. So you guys are stoked. Uh, Coke and hookers. Yeah, most of the money will be spent on. Is that uh, Raw and Joe Biden standing side by side? Who is that? Anyway. Eric Weiss, behind the scenes, six is so cool. The shot of all the athletes pouring past you was great. Nice blue shirt, Sevy. Yes, uh, these shirts are available at Vindicate. Um, Richie Rich, I've ordered my first two CEO shirts. The purple and gold is, oh, yeah, that's one of my favorites. King shit. Excuse me. Uh, will Greg... Uh, Greg's appearance at the games be in behind the scenes. I didn't see Greg at the games. Yeah, he was there. For a little bit. Yeah, if if um, if anyone else, maybe I don't even know. I haven't even seen all the behind the scenes. I haven't even see, I haven't seen episode six. I haven't seen episode seven. Um. So uh, thank you, uh, Mike Halpin, uh, talking about the Wadapalooza behind the scenes. It's real good. Hopper mic'd up. Uh, chasing Noah's gold. Yeah, I think it's the best behind the scenes ever. That's really good. What what's happening in San Diego? Sevy, is your house okay? Are you close to San Diego? No, I'm nowhere near um, San Diego. What's going on? I think I drank too much coffee again. I'm getting all crazy. I'm breathing through my mouth. I feel like a rabid dog. <laughs> Uh, there's a flood. Oh, in San Diego. <clears throat> city of San Diego and city of Coronado. Uh, I don't know what's happening on tomorrow's show. Tomorrow's show is supposed to be um, Greg Glassman. I do think that today at some point I'm switching locations. I'm going to a ski resort for a couple of days. I don't know what's going to happen. 
and I'm going with Greg. So, uh, Philip Kelly, uh, Greg stood in the affiliate lounge with endless line of people waiting to meet him for three hours. I know I heard crazy. So cool. You just got mobbed. Yeah, that's dope. But I didn't see him. I was doing the behind the scenes, buddy. Greg Weiss, God is taking care of California and washing the streets. How about uh, Jorge Ventura yesterday on the show? Was it good? Um, um, yeah, dude. He's I just he's so fucking excited. Hey, I want to send you this in the private chat. I saw this. Um, uh, th- th- those of you who don't know, we we uh, I'm sure all you know Jethro, a uh, regular listener of the show. Jethro Cardona, a uh, police officer, opened a gym Welcome. somewhere on that skinny island, the Long Island, Long Island, and uh, it's called Ch- Chief CrossFit, Chief Nation, CrossFit Chief Nation. And look at this. He uh, the news the news already came out and did a piece on him. Yeah, I love seeing this. You might have to like skip to the middle or something. I think there's like there's a long intro where they're like blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Look at this. Look, you can you can watch Jethro be interviewed a little bit on the news station there. So, however well, many parts we have, we explain it thoroughly. Part one, part two, or part three. It could be even one or two parts. We do have a warm up that's proper, so everyone's safe and everyone's on the same page. So even if there's someone that can't do something, the local news did a the local news did a three minute and twenty second piece on his gym. It's dope. It's pretty right? cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So congratulations, Jethro. Look at you. Wrong shirt. You should be wearing a CEO shirt, but I ain't hating. Nothing's perfect. Look at that. Uh by the way, uh guys, it does look like um Greg Glassman will be making an appearance on Shut Up and Scribble. You are not gonna want to miss that either. Uh, watching JR and uh, Taylor interact with Greg is going to be gold, 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 gold. And um, it'll be a sign of a side of Greg, you know, just like you got a side of Greg from uh, Sousa that you hadn't seen before. Uh, when I'm on the show with them, uh, you're going to see a side of Greg. Uh, I, I mean, he loved Greg loves programming. I don't know if loves, but loved, loved programming. It was nuts. How much he was into programming uh, so it'll be fun to watch uh taylor and jr geek out with him so so that'll be scheduled soon all right hunter versus self yeah that might be cool that might be cool Oh, Taylor Self versus Tyson Bajan. Shit. God, you guys, I, you guys are thinking way out of the box. I appreciate it. Wow. Wow. I didn't even think about that. That would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that would be really fucking cool. Holy shit. I feel like we need a live call in right now. I know, me too. It's been a minute, but I got to go. I, got, I have this fucking giant booger I'm about to pick out of here as soon as I'm off the air. Fuck, it's massive. You know, when I breathe, I feel it. You know, like when you have one, it's like you feel it shifting with each. Those are annoying. You just want to. Oh, dude. I mean, I can pick it out so easy right now, but I'm a fucking classy man. All right. Um, I lost my $150 Wolf Filson hat while I'm here at Greg's. 
anyone finds it, let me know. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.